0: start us off on a light topic today okay. um with Great. uh something i heard about the news people might have heard about this in the last few days because uh a lot i i, I don't know I, i've heard about this person for a while and it's and it seems to be that things have escalated a little bit because uh i feel like at this point i i'm fairly confident and able to say that dilbert's comic creator scott adams is a, is a racist I, th- I feel like that's pretty easy to say now Mm hmm. I've known that he's a big right winger guy mm-hmm. for a long time. And look, as like a, a brown liberal liberal person, I'm like, yeah, every right leaning white Republican is a racist. But mm. I know that's not true. Right. Right. It's right. OK that people have different political ideologies. doesn't necessarily mean they're always on board with like the maggots and all that stuff, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, this is no surprise to me i don't know what it is specifically that you're citing it's just Mm, like mm -hmm. sometimes you hear things and you're like yeah that seems right to me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and that it's like so wrong that it's like you're like yeah but it sounds like it's gonna be true yeah yeah seems like something he would do you know like i haven't heard about him being a good guy in a long time um do you know the you know the comic dilbert do you like Mm -hmm. did you like dilbert maybe we'll see no, it. the problem with that is, like, whenever I would read the Sunday comics, which I was a big fan of because they were, like, short little bursts, but they were so colorful and they were just, like, fun overall. Right. I never read any of the serious ones like Mary Worth or uh, any of the ones that look like um, actual, like, human people. I always read the more cartoony ones like mm. uh, Blondie and uh, Snoopy mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, you know. You know what I'm fucking talking about. Do I need yeah. to list a third example? No. I, Broom no. Broomhilda. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Smash that patriarchy. Read <laughs> Hilda. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash all of it. I don't okay. care. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like, Dilbert seemed like, <sighs> seemed like it was going to be a fun mm. cartoon, but it was usually just like ultra dry humor mm-hmm. about like office stuff. And this is before, like, the television show, The Office, and Office Space, right? Movie, and you know, that that type of humor really, like, took off. Um, so I, I never really got into it. I, I remember seeing his tie being, like, kind mm-hmm. of a U-shaped. I've never liked that tie. Yeah, I was like, I don't... This doesn't... Why is it like that? He's not hmm. in a wind tunnel. It's kind of like... Well, it's, it's not fully U, because it didn't go up all the way. It's kind of like a J, Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And ASL. it came out. I think it came out on like the sixth. Hmm, J interesting. sixth. jay okay. sixth. Interesting. Yeah. It's almost like he's been telling us for years. <laughs> yeah. That J was a capital J. Oh my okay. god. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was no dot. Yeah. There was unless your head is a dot. Hmm? There was none. Right. He might have just been telling us this whole time. Could have been. Um, yeah, I don't I I used to also read the, the Sunday comics. I think some of the ones you cited I liked. Um I mm. liked Family Circus because it's usually just like one panel, and I thought it was really impressive mm. to do a mm. comic in one panel that gets like a whole idea across, whole joke. It was like um, a Christian comic strip. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, but yeah, this is one of those things I'm 100%. I haven't read any of those in so so long. Mm. In my head, for one, it's it's like family stuff, so it's it's not right. in my head, it wasn't Christian so much as like family friendly always. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is one of those things growing up Christian, and then when you get out of it and you realize later, you didn't that's sometimes I come across it's rare, but I come across these things where I didn't know they were not. That they were Christian or whatever, or that they were right, just yeah. secular in general, or whatever. So mm-hmm. again, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I, I can't remember the uh, the creator's name, mm-hmm. but he was a Christian. I don't. That I don't know sense. a whole lot about uh, his like political leanings or right. anything beyond. He's. Uh, he would occasionally put like Christian imagery in it, like praying yeah. people or or people in heaven as angels and, and whatnot, so not anything that would be, like, offensive or whatever. It's just something that stood out to me when right. I was a child, because it's like, oh, this is kind of, like, they're bringing in this type of element to a, just like a, yeah something that should, like, to my child mind, should have just been, like, entirely devoid of any type of uh, religious content. And it's something that I, I wouldn't have picked up on, generally, at that time mm-hmm. as well, because... I yeah I just wouldn't have seen it. I would have or mm-hmm. would have been like, yeah, that's great. And moved on, you know. So, yeah, when you notice it a different way. That is so funny, dude. That like really just rocked my world. Um, well, I have bad news for you about. <clears> the God. Precious moments figurines that you oh, have. Oh, God, a no. My yeah. entire shelf behind me. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. You have several cases of duplicates just in case the originals get ruined. What about all the ones with Jesus in them? You're you not going to tell me those are religious. Oh, my God. The poor boy doesn't know. Brent. Mm hmm. Yeah, I thought this was uh, also, a nice man named Jesus. For years, <laughs> you led me astray. That flag outside your house—the <laughs> one I fly for all the Jesuses in the world. Well, I was gonna say the one that says Mohammed is a Christian. Uh, that's yes, that's that's probably a sign that you've kind of stepped into it. I know it's just like. To you, it's just a collection of words. Right, exactly. But like if you put them together. You mean the ones that the, the flag I had bullet holes in from all my neighbors shooting at it? That's, well, it is, it is scary. It is scary to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to see for some of them, you know. There's, yeah. <laughs> that is a long name and it has a lot of letters. I do not trust it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um the thing i was citing for for scott adams i don't know all the details i just wanted to bring it up because comics and uh mm-hmm. and it's fun to, to bash on racist and be like boo you sometimes so mm-hmm. uh to call that out so um he basically there was some study of of black people and it said something uh, about if they if they trust white people or something like that mm-hmm. and like 54 percent said no and he was like, <laughs> so, right? So he was like, black people are a hate group. And oh white people should move away from them. And we shouldn't commingle and all this shit. Like, he was Christ. very overt. Yeah, uh, That's not like a direct quote of his or whatever. But, uh, mm. uh, yeah, it was like on, a, I think it was on TikTok uh, or Instagram or something like that. That he went on and basically this, did this whole this whole thing. So, uh, mm. yeah, he just seems like, I, I don't know why... It seems funny to me when people like that comics or whoever kind of shoot themselves in the foot. Like they don't realize like, oh, people don't read your it's not that good. Your comic's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't going to bridge the divides. And if you think that the people that agree with you are going to support you in this comic, like I I just I know there are a lot of racists out there, but I don't think there's Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a group to bank on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What an interesting thing to throw down and be like, this is where I'm standing. So, uh, but yeah. he did. So there you go. He could have just like not said anything. Is, is the whole so simple uh, idea? Yeah, it seems like a lot of quote unquote famous people mm. kind of shoot themselves on the foot with that. Where it's like all you had to do was nothing. You know, right. you didn't have to mm. chime in on this this whole thing. You could have just not said it. But now, e- even if what he said wasn't well put and he was he had like some other Mm -hmm. point that he was trying to make but it was just like swallowed up by the way he said it to where it's right just like now you have to work even harder to dig (laughs) yourself out of that hole you know like i like too that he he was like i was just trying to say that black people are lazy not that they should be killed (laughs) and it's like this doesn't help yeah not better doesn't help bro Damn. Yeah, so apparently the uh the Dilbert comic has been dropped from like tons of, of syndicated newspapers uh because of this, like 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 two thousand or some shit um have been like, wow yeah, we're out. Um so I find that mm. interesting because I'd heard stuff about him before, never really concrete, I never heard in like quotes or whatever, but this one seemed pretty out there. So uh yeah, just wanted to bring that up. Uh fuck racist basically, that's what I wanted to say. Stephen Fisher from the Let's Talk About Stuff has finally said it. Um, I'm coming out strong against racists. I'm coming out <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's such like a, trippy, like, chirpy, <laughs> like, song to be like, uh, for that. So it's, it's great. Um, all right, well, uh, with that, uh, I think we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And uh, evidently, Mohammed was a Christian. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Yeah. Sure, why not? I don't know. Jesus was a vampire. I don't know if yeah, I can know. Yeah, who knows, man? Everything was everything. You know, would have been a lot cooler if he was. Hell yeah. Hell dude. yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got going on today, Brent? Well, Stephen, today we're talking about the 2012 movie Looper. Mm. I looked at the date on the movie because I was like, oh, this probably came out in like 2015. No, 2012. Crazy, right? Like, Damn, this was the same year as the Avengers. Marvel's Whoa. The Avengers uh, came out and I was like, wow, this I can't. Can't believe it was that long ago. So it's it's over ten years old at this point, right? And uh, yeah, well, we're gonna do a a spoiler filled discussion on that. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, Before that, Stephen. Oh my god, I was at the grocery store Mm -hmm. this week, and I I came across something that caught my eye. It was a new Coca Cola variety. This is. It has like a, a pink and white label, mm-hmm. but also like a little red square on it. It's called Move Limited Edition Transformation flavored. So what? Yeah, I don't <laughs> they're know. Doing why the they're doing the weirdest stuff now. This is I know crazy. they had that like Dream flavored right uh, Coke, and they had a Space flavored one. It doesn't make sense, but I thought ah, I gotta I gotta try. You this gotta now, try it, though. You know. They gotta yeah. see see what it is. I don't know what Move flavor could possibly be, mm-hmm. but let me let me open this up. Okay. Oh my god, it sounds so good every time. S- solid noise, you know? Yeah. Sol- solid little opening noise. Uh, have you ever tried any of these coat varieties? No, I I don't think I've tried any of the special ones. That's why I wish we were lived closer together. We can get a palate together and just drink the whole thing, you know? Interesting. Hey, you know what? Yeah, this is not bad. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, like the space one and the dream flavored one, those I I question... Coke's sanity. Right. I was gonna call DHS and have them do a wellness check on mm-hmm. Coca-Cola because I was like, "Eh, you guys, okay? This is some real Pepsi moves you're making here, you know." But speaking of moves, there you this, go. Uh, Coca-Cola move, limited edition, isn't too bad. It reminds me of like a cotton candy, and then watch. We'll look it up next <laughs> week. I'll be like, "Yeah, turns out it was uh, Boysenberry <laughs> and shoe leather." I feel like you've said cotton candy before because it's, and I feel like it's just like a sugary. It's just like more sugar with like some mm-hmm. flavor sometimes. But that's kind of hard to, I think, distinguish those Like there's so many of these var- varieties they're coming out with, you know, yeah. but uh, it has a base of Coke always. I wonder what <laughs> the base of Coke. Yes. The, yeah. I I'll take a base of Coke. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really tried any of these. I thought maybe I was curious because you up, was it, it was Pepsi Peeps, right? last week yes yeah i like that one quite a bit i was wondering if if coke was going to come out with a coke peeps you know and they were gonna, they were going to like directly go head to head on the crazy flavors as well but that didn't happen this time no it uh, it didn't i was curious as to whether they would do something similar like something easter related mm-hmm. um i don't i don't see that they have uh let's see so i'm looking it up launches blah 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 cadbury flavored <laughs> Cadbury Coke. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find if there's anything on the like, actual flavor of Right, like what's of it, it, it supposed to be described as? It doesn't really tell me what the fuck the flavor is. They don't want, they're hiding the boysenberry. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know about that shoe leather either. Because God it's illegal it. in the States. But they did it anyway. They were so preoccupied with, with if they could... They didn't stop to think about if they should. And that's why there's all these flavors, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they opened a portal to another dimension and the only way to keep it uh, stable is to get rid of the liquids that are pouring out of there of the other dimensions, Cokes. And they have to bottle them and ship them out. And we're drinking another dimension right now. Wow. another dimension another dimension another dimension another dimension another dimension uh, so according to people on Twitter which is always accurate right. no problems there uh, the majority of people who tried Coca-Cola Move got a strong taste of coconut and a hint of vanilla so as I said cotton candy <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I, I love know. whenever you find descriptions of it they're wildly different than what you thought because <laughs> yeah, I feel like I that's how no I would be as well I, I should stop doing this just no not, I love I'm, it it's not accurate at all <laughs> You know what, I think the end goal for this as well, and maybe, you know, it's like late siege capitalism. It's like when we know things have finally, it's going to go down and like, it's going to be the end of the world is when they come out with Coke, Pepsi flavored, <laughs> right? Like they, they yeah. just say swap, but they don't, yeah. they don't, it's not like they're just swapping bottles. They have to like figure out the other ones and release that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's like right before, you know, Putin drops the bombs or some shit. So Interesting. I think it's coming this fall mm-hmm. we'll see uh because of a, a monopoly on the brand uh the government forces left twix and right twix to like <laughs> separate become their own actual companies, oh my god know? a mm-hmm. divorce yeah on a national scale yeah it got Who it got a call it yeah crazy yeah. man mm-hmm. i it's tumultuous times it really is tumultuous twix times uh, you said it brother mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. scary out there well, uh, <laughs> what else we got going on today? Uh, you, you'll you be sipping on that soda, which would be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get myself nice and fucking caffeined up. Oh, yeah. Right maybe. before bed. Get a caffeine buzz. <laughs> I watched a movie this week on Netflix called Bullet Train. Oh, Bullet Train. Yeah. Starring Oklahoma's own Bradley Pitts. Man. Yeah. Um, Best Pitts in the state. I mean, we got a statue and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like the Tulsa Driller is number one, and then you know, Brad. Brad he kind of looks like Brad Pitt. I mean, they can know. redecorate him, and that might actually get more people to come see him. Hey guys, get out there and vote this uh, upcoming <laughs> Tuesday election. We've got <laughs> we got make Pitt the Golden Driller. Oh yeah, uh, on the ballot. So even if you're not from the state of Oklahoma, hey, vote through us anyway. You right. know, why not? If you have any dead relatives, help them vote as well. I feel like I'm projecting that <laughs> I'm a voting conspiracist. I've yeah, there's been a back. few times in this episode I feel like mm-hmm. I've also accidentally stepped mm-hmm. into the other side too much. And I'm like, wait, hey, this is a, a bit. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. We established um, good. <laughs> uh, bullet Train. Bullet mm-hmm. Train. So I had heard about this movie. I remember seeing trailers for it at the theater and in front of other movies and I thought, "Huh. Well, that looks like a movie. I don't know right. what it, what it is beyond moving pictures on a screen, but I guess they're they're making this. And then uh it kind of came and went mm-hmm. and then it showed up on Netflix. And I was like, "Should I?" There are a few times where I was like hovering over the play button on right. the tile, you know. And I was like, "I don't know about this." And uh at a, a certain point this week, my wife and I were just kind of like trying to find anything to watch mm-hmm. and uh we settled on that and uh i knew it was a sony movie right i mean from the studio that brought you morbius yeah All right. right. <laughs> i guess we're gonna do this i don't know that's their whole their whole like uh production ethos uh, i guess we're gonna do this <laughs> yeah and everything just gets greenlit so weird yeah it's morbid time somewhere <laughs> they put it in every movie <laughs> yeah um, do you know anything about bullet train? Uh, I know that I watched about half of it. Did you? Okay. <laughs> All right. And I, I, I say that because I turned it off. I don't remember. I, it wasn't that I wasn't into it that much. I just, it's like you said, it's just like a movie. It was actually mm-hmm. maybe pleasantly surprised, but I, uh, I f- literally forgot I have been watching it and I haven't finished it. And I, I said it this time. I was like, Oh yeah, I started that mm-hmm. movie so yeah i'm curious to see what you and it has some really good people in it but it does yeah Yeah. i I wasn't really attracted to it i also was hovering over the play button a few times and i finally bit the bullet but then i I didn't uh Mm. swallow the whole train as it were of course yeah back to you as if you were like peter parker (laughs) uh, in front of the the train check those outtakes people (laughs) you You gotta do it (laughs) finish your breakfast first and then listen to those outtakes Ironically, we talk about breakfast stuff. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> we do. That's so funny. yeah. Brian Tyree Henry is in it, and Ooh. he was kind of like the main reason I yeah. uh, pulled the trigger on watching the movie because I, I fucking love him. He's great in Atlanta and literally every other thing that I've seen him in. He's he's uh, provided a good performance. Right. Um, I uh, I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I, mm-hmm. I went in with like super low expectations, though. Same and. Uh, we were watching the movie, and it seemed like there was a lot of stuff that was going on. At a certain point, I checked the time. Steven, I shit you not, I was exactly halfway through the movie. I was like, there's more? There's... <laughs> That's why I feel like I, I'm at that point, yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. It, uh, it's not it goes bad. on for a while. It's, it's not bad. It's like a fun like at-home watch, right? I think, you know? I, I don't right. think I would have enjoyed it at a theater, because it just... So long, it feels, but uh, as a, a, an actual, like watch at your leisure type of movie, I thought Mm -hmm. it was okay. Not anything to, uh, uh, sing to the heavens about, but, um, still like more enjoyable than I expected it to be better than Morbius morbius mm. was pretty good um, <laughs> like, no, yeah, way, that. way better than morbius right. yeah yeah that's how i felt about it it wasn't bad it's like um there's a certain quality to a lot of the movies now that uh, i don't know that's not like a netflix movie though right it's just on no. netflix okay right mm-hmm. but uh, even like a lot of modern blockbusters it feels like they spend a ton of money and they look good like it's almost like they've everybody's gotten really good at the formula from mm-hmm. the, the making of them to how the action is shot to the cgi they're going to use and what they're going to do live action and the people that are involved and they just i don't know like there, there seems to be a sort of paint by numbers sort of thing lately where i'm like take it or leave it and they don't really excite me and then every once in a while they are entertaining or someone is charming in it or the story is mm-hmm. charming enough but they feel they it feels fewer far between than you know, they used to be, I guess. So uh, this one to me was kind of that way. I was like, yeah. I, it was kind of forgettable. I want to finish it. It's not like I was never going to go back, but I just literally kind of forgot. And I was like, it's not even bugging me that I don't know what, how it ends. <laughs> so, you know, it just is what it is at this yeah, point. And it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it was interesting to watch it because you see cameos of other actors that are in it. and. Uh, a couple of them have uncredited roles. Like if you watch the mm. the cast list at the end of the movie when the the, the credits are rolling up, um, there are two prominent uh, a list actors that are in the movie uh, that are not included in there. Interesting, which is okay. kind of strange. But they like did it as a favor to right. Brad Pitt and various people. And uh, uh, it, it, some of the people that show up were in other recent projects of mm-hmm. some of the actors. I don't want to spoil. That part of it, because I did think that part was fun. Yeah, it could be um, fun to have those little cameos, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, uh, a, a pretty okay watch, you know? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Meh. Sometimes it's, that's all we get, you it's, know? Sometimes that's all you get, and I, I prefer that over a, a bad movie, so... Yeah. There you go. You, had, you, you spent some time with your wife watching a movie. Did she like mm-hmm. it? No, she doesn't like anything, oh, but Okay, but good, good. Uh, I thought it was pretty okay, you know? And, <laughs> like, for Sony... <laughs> For Sony, that's a good That's a, that's a, that's good a 11 mark. out of 10. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, well, the the first thing I wanted to mention today, uh, don't get scared, Brent. Okay. Because it has lots of pictures. But mm-hmm. it's a book. It's a book that I read. I've had for a while. I don't know even when I got this or who got it for me, but mm-hmm. uh, it is Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Ultimate Visual History. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's like a behind-the-scenes... It's got all these like storyboards and like um, behind-the-scenes shots, like young Spielberg and like uh, Douglas Trimble and stuff, the people on the special effects team and everything. So, uh, Close Encounters is one of my favorite movies, and I've been really in a, a, a space to be inspired by the things that I love lately. So, I've been trying to re- rewatch and just kind of dissect everything that I love, like uh, the Edgar Wright stuff. I've been watching Shaun of the Dead a whole bunch and trying to dissect that mm-hmm. from a script point of view and I've been reading all these scripts. I've mentioned that and stuff. I read Close Encounters uh, a few weeks ago, I guess now. And um, I had this book and I finally read it. And it's so funny because once I picked it up, I finished it like in two days. Wow. Um, it's like a, a big book. It's not that thick, but it's like a big book. It has so many pictures. but The pictures. A good, size. good size. It's, it's a good, good size book. Size, it's, it's a good a, size. Don't even worry about Goldilocks it. Goldilocks would see it and be like, Oh, so She's so like, wow, that's a really good size. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was super cool. And I learned some things about, oh, a lot of things about the movie I didn't know before uh, about how they did the special effects, things they pioneered, stuff I kind of knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in particular, what I really loved is um, knowing the movie as well as I do, the, uh, the order that they shot the scenes and how they were like adding stuff in and picking stuff up. Like, they basically shot it over, like, a whole year because they got, like, one shot here and then, like, didn't really start production for, like, another six months hmm. and then did some, like, pickups. And so it really stretched. And then when you see it all edited together, it totally works. And you, you feel like, oh, this is how – at Spielberg, he, had, he was a hmm. genius. He knew all the stuff going into it. And then you read the book and you're like, wow, they didn't have some of these major scenes, like, figured out until like they shot them or that's crazy they would shoot things and like still be figuring out special effects right so mm-hmm. um, and it was just really cool to see like uh, they were really revealing about a lot of the techniques and everything so uh, it's a book by Michael Klastorin he uh, apparently is a publicist for movies he has another book on this that I would love to get now on Back to the Future same thing oh uh, yeah The Ultimate Visual History right mm-hmm. uh, apparently he was uh, working on those movies they they talk about him his like blurb or whatever says that he was on set every day for Back to the Future two and three, so he was like a part of the publicity team or production team of some sort then, and so he was around at the time. And then he's done these two books now, and uh, I wish he had more because they're the way they're presented and written and stuff are, are is just really cool. Um, I started watching uh, a behind the scenes documentary that came with the iTunes copy that I have of the movie as well. And I noticed that some of the things I read in the book are kind of verbatim from that interv- from some interviews in there. So I'm not sure if he just kind of took that and kind of made a book form. But um, I like this kind of form better than the documentary. It was an older one, and it's it's not that dynamic, uh, really. This is so much cooler to look at all the different like script pages they have a little access to or storyboards and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, I highly recommend this for any fan of uh, Close Encounters or, or Spielberg, but then that... I'm really excited to get that Back to the Future one as well because uh, movie, those movies are amazing. So um, It's just really cool to see the, the production behind it. I remember uh, it blowing my mind when I was younger when I heard that movies were not always filmed in sequence. Totally. And I was like, what? That's impossible. I know, right? It doesn't make any sense. How but, would they know what their shirt looks like if they, haven't, <laughs> they didn't already <laughs> use the shirt earlier in the movie? <laughs> Yeah. See, Bart Simpson doesn't have this problem. Wears <laughs> the same clothes every fucking day, dude. It makes it easier. He's like the the Steve Jobs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bart Simpson's the Steve Jobs of the Simpsons. Yeah. Wearing a black turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. Mom jeans, all that shit. Um uh that uh that is intriguing mm-hmm. i i do love a good uh because that's a uh i'll just say a a, a nice size book you've oh got yeah there. It's, it's like a, really a good book i don't know if it, is that considered coffee table size i would say so yeah and okay. i would put this on my coffee table it's covered in the a giant image of the mothership coming up mm-hmm. uh in the movie and it's just like so gorgeous all the lights so yeah it looks it looks awesome yeah is that is that uh, big mm-hmm uh, it just uh, has a, a seal of quality to it you know it's well does. made all of that stuff so yeah the photos inside felt that way too they uh, like versus the the documentary they had I think again it was just older it seemed like it was an SD quality so things didn't look as cool I don't know when I saw it in the book mm-hmm. I was like really impressed the magic of the movie was kind of there still yeah so that was uh, it was neat to see it that way but um, yeah it was uh, it's just so cool to see all the, the, the things I I know and love in a different way and like you said, I knew movies weren't shot uh, like in order since I've really been a movie fan, but I also grew up like I never understood like how you wouldn't do it that way. Like obviously yeah. you'd have to shoot them in order. It just makes sense that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, But more in the fact like once you even know that as like a, an abstract, but then you see how it lays out and you're like, oh, my God, like they're always – he was like writing the script, shooting the movie, and then they shot like a lot of extra footage because he was like – they, he loves to use his edit as, like, the third time to write. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, always trying to rewrite the story. And they were up until, like, right right until they released it. They were, like, working on effects and stuff. And it was just so crazy, like, what a monumental hit it was. Um, mm-hmm. It saved Columbia Pictures. That was, like, their last... Last money, basically, and then they were able to make Morbius and Bullet there Train. There you go. He is wow. responsible for Morbius. Incredible. <laughs> this is this is what this is how you bring it back. You know, I meant to. We're supposed to. I like how we've been doing that lately. We've been trying to uh, trail each other's uh, yeah. many topics by connecting them. That's how it is. This okay. is, uh, is responsible for uh, for Bullet Train. So, well, Stephen, that's perfect. It's almost as if we've closed the loop. <laughs> Do we need to go ahead and go onto that? Because I'm too old I, with that. I mean, we, that was we a can great you know, transition. That was we can't leave that. Yeah, leave it yeah. there. Uh, let's fucking do it, man. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pull up the the cast and crew. Uh, we've been really bad about this, me in particular, lately. I'm gonna throw it out here right now. This is a spoiler filled discussion of this fucking movie. Because yeah. I won't be able to hold back at all, obviously. So, uh, as Brent already laid out, this is a 2012 movie. Um, I also forgot it had been that long. That seems crazy to me. 2015 does sound kind of about right uh, from what mm-hmm. you're saying. I can't believe it was over 10 years. Yeah. So, that was pretty wild. Um, that was, yeah. But, and Stephen, and I actually have the cast list here. Oh. see. It's oh. A, starring okay, uh, Bruce Williams, uh, Joseph Gordon's Fisherman, and then uh, Emily smoking blunts. <laughs> um, and then you know, there's some other people. There's in other there. people in there. That's mm-hmm. a that's a great list of people. You know, um, your are Paul Dan Daniels. Um, uh huh. Your Jeff Dano. Um. <laughs> your Noah. What else? <laughs> Dude, I was so excited to see him. I was like, I know this guy from something. I know I was he's like, great uh, and everything, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when he shot. He shows up in all these movies. It's mm-hmm. it's so fun to see his character in different ways. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was uh, d- written and directed by Ryan Johnson. I I must say that we kind of chose this movie because of the Ryan Johnson stuff we were doing before with the mm-hmm. uh, Glass Onion and and Knives Out before it. Uh, and then I had watched Brick. Like I think you and I both were just so impressed with those movies, and we were like, man, I just want to watch more. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson stuff and I have to say like uh, every time when I watch his movies and I see they're written by him and they're all like these original stories, I'm just like damn like he's he's one of my favorites out there and yeah. uh, like like Edgar Wright doing so much original stuff out there when there's so many properties that we always complain about you know they're only making sequels or reboots and stuff and they're out there making this original shit that's amazing mm-hmm. so I yeah. love everything not everything. I love all the things we've watched uh, of his so far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting that way, though. Um, yeah, I, it, it, you know, I I like Knives Out and Glass Onion so much mm. that it uh, kind of struck a chord with me. That you know, Looper was his first big hit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember the um, press. And like advertising leading up to this movie coming out, and I was like, "Oh, this looks like a cool like action movie." Then I heard like a review or two after the fact that was like, "No spoilers, but like this movie's really fucking entertaining." Right. And I thought, "Oh, that's kind of all I need because you know it, it seems good." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I watched this movie in theaters. Did you see it in theaters? Man, I really don't remember if I saw this in theaters or not. I remember being excited for it. Yeah. But uh, and I also agree with you. I remember this being the one that was seemed like to put them on the map, so to mm-hmm. say. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember much about my first experience with it. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I have to look I back. Noticed... <laughs> yeah. <'Cause laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just bludgeon yourself <laughs> to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, when I was looking up information after rewatching the movie this time, I saw that it was filmed in Louisiana. Perhaps an inspiration for Mr. Bill <gasps> Oh, my goodness. Maybe he's mm-hmm. Maybe he met some southern gentleman in a diner. Excuse me, darling, my male butler, wink, is uh, (laughs) baking for me. Um, All right, so uh, I'm going to throw out other people in the movie. Okay. Uh, So we got Bruce Willis, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emily Blunt, Paul Dano, Noah Sagan, Piper Parabo, and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Um, So I want to go through a little bit of those. Another reason I wanted to watch this one, Bruce Willis fucking just got diagnosed with his some sort of uh, frontal lobe dementia, is right. how, I, how I've heard it described. Uh, so fucking sad. And he's had, a, I don't know, the last few years he's put out like all these fucking B movie, like action movies, and they all look terrible to me. And I didn't understand. That went directly to, like, Redbox. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Redbox of all places, yeah. like, mm-hmm. And it's just weird, and I didn't understand it, and now it feels like he was planning for this. Like, there was some diagnosis yeah. in the past few years about some, you know, degenerative disease in some way or whatever that made mm-hmm. a little more sense. And now it's it just seems like uh, an uh, order of magnitude greater. I don't know, like, what this really means, how long uh, he has or whatever, but it just seems like he's just trying to do as much work and squirrel away money for his family. And I'm like, well, fuck, yeah. I respect that. Mm hmm. Just seems crazy. Yeah, I remember hearing about some of those movies as well, where he would be in like one or two scenes at the beginning of a movie mm-hmm. and then he, his character would die or just like not be in the, the movie anymore. Yeah. Um, and it seemed odd at the time. Like, right. Are you just, I don't know. It just seems like you're, you're, um, diluting your brand or whatever but yeah after yeah. you hear about what had happened and 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 what he was going through you're like oh okay he's just uh, getting out well the getting's good you know He's right. just making these movies making some money and then squirreling it away for later on yeah and it it, it's, it makes sense that it's also sad because i don't think those are good movies still with this uh mm-hmm. I, I I wish that there would be better quality things for, at the end of his career, because like, it seems like now like there's not going to be anything else. I'm not sure what his last movies were. Um, and I know some, there's some good things in the last few years, but like you said, it felt like he was diluting his brand. Like he never felt like he fell from grace. So I didn't. I was like, why are you? Or why are you in these movies? You could still lead. Like, you just did another Die Hard, like, you're talking about more, like, <laughs> yeah. you could literally just make another Die Hard, like, why are you doing this action movie? And now it's like, oh, it, it does make more sense in retrospect, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was good to see him, I think, in this, this feels like modern Bruce Willis, but it kind of in his prime. Yeah. And And uh, this is one of my favorite Ryan Johnson movies, it's one of my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies, and probably one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies, so. Same, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I also want to say uh gordon Levitt. We uh I used to call him JGL, but I like you've been calling him Jogo Lev. We will mm-hmm. henceforth mostly be calling him that. I, I can't guarantee either way. But Hear uh, you, hear you Jogo Lev. A decree has <laughs> been issued. His name is now Jogo Lev. So do we need to shorten Bruce Willis's name as well? Um because Bruno is is his like alter ego music person. Yeah, where you would play the harmonica. Bruno, Bruno. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Smith called him Bruno Bruno sometimes Mm -hmm. uh, in his specials. Uh, Emily Blunt, amazing as always. Um, Mm -hmm. God, I just love her so much. Uh, Paul Dano always surprises me. Uh, I forgot he was in this movie. Crazy, right? Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I was so excited to see Jeff Daniels pop up. Whenever I remember, I don't remember knowing that. I'd be curious. I didn't watch a trailer for this before, you know, rewatch it for the Mm -hmm. show or anything. But I'd be curious to see what's what plot points were spoiled or not uh what characters were or not because i feel like he popped up in there and i love jeff daniels and i did not expect that and he doesn't seem to almost even fit which makes it fit even better to me uh Mm -hmm. and so yeah love to see him pop up in there but yeah kind of forgot as well it seems like all of his stuff was filmed inside of like A week or something like that. Right, we're talking about things being filmed out of sequence. Right, because it doesn't seem like he leaves his office. Really, yeah, it could have been like two days. Yeah, like there's not (laughs) really much to it. They don't even show a. They show him getting ready for a firefight with Bruce Willis, and then they just show Mm -hmm. him dead afterwards. So they don't even have to like go through a whole lot of special effects or anything, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it could have been like he just has like a few talking things in that one room, Mm -hmm. pretty much. So. I mean, speaking of special effects, how can we ignore Jogo Lev's? Uh, prosthetics on his face. Oh my goodness, that's wild, you man! Like every time I see it, at first I'm taken out right. a little bit, but by the time I get into the movie, I'm just like, oh, this what this just what he looks like. And it then, totally works. And then after the movie was over, I watched some of the special features on iTunes, mm. and it was a. Uh, uh, joseph gordon levitt's just like actual face i was like oh my god this is this is this <laughs> it's takes hideous it. yeah <laughs> what happened to him you had to get back like, out of it is almost weird yeah yeah. yeah yeah and we know him so well i feel like and me in particular i love him uh so i see a lot of movies with him in it and i know him i know his voice fairly well mm-hmm. he does like a, a different voice to this like it's hard to it's not it's all it's not always like bruce willis i wouldn't say that it's like an impression of bruce willis It just kind of works like it does take you out of it for a second with his like prosthetics on his face. Mm -hmm. But then you really lean into it and he looks still like himself. But like if he looked like this, you would be like, oh, that would still just be another handsome person. Like it totally I don't know, like it matches enough with Bruce Willis. But we know what Bruce Willis looks like young and it's not this. But for some reason, (laughs) this also works. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think their makeup on it was just incredible. I'd be curious for for the award season for that year what was up against it and what won or whatever Mm -hmm. because it's one of the most believable ones i think i've ever seen Mm -hmm. that i i really just lean into it's so interesting turns out uh the sting the sting won that one again the sting is just always there you know coming out every Mm -hmm. year yeah yeah Yeah. it really stings the competition (laughs) um thank you thank you um but yeah uh piper parabo uh i also like whenever she shows up and when she shows up scantily clad that is helpful that's nice that uh she shows up at one point uh topless or as you would know reverse donald ducking it she's Mm. only got bottoms on right Mm -hmm. and it's a good look uh i first fell in love with her and coyote ugly Mm -hmm. and that movie is also uh you know for those reasons but you know it's a good time And, uh, yeah, when I, when she showed up in this, I was like, oh, great. And then she showed up that way and I was like, even better. (laughs) So that was a good time. Not gonna lie. I was on my way to giving this movie one thumbs up, but now (laughs) it's two. But there was no nudity in Coyote Ugly, right? I never like saw the full movie. I don't think so. It just, yeah, it's like Michael Bay nudity. It's just uh, Uh, a lot of scantily clad dancing, but, uh, it works. Yeah, it's fun. Um, my wife commented, was this around the time of Coyote Ugly? I said, no, no, no. That was like the late 90s? Yeah, I think like. She's like, wow. Yeah. She she doesn't look like she's aged at all. I said, I know. Let's just wait for a later scene. Well, we'll check back on that, that opinion. Yeah, she doesn't. Uh, she is one of those people, um, like a Paul Rudd, that she kind of mm-hmm. stays that way. Um, like, I don't really see her much different than that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coyote Ugly, 2000. 2000. Fuck, I was way off. August 4th. You said late 70s. It came out the same year as The Sting. Is that right? (laughs) Late 70s. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also wanted to say that uh, cinematography, I'd mentioned Steve Yedlin. uh, He's a longtime cinematographer for Ryan Johnson movies. And I just like that dude because he also is really revealing about his process, about how he shoots things and what he likes about film stock, whatever. So he's Mm -hmm. online. So I just like that dude. And I think this movie in particular uh, I didn't, I've I'd forgotten. I haven't seen this movie in a while. I know that I don't remember my first experience with it, but I know I had not seen it in a few years. I think the last time I watched it, I watched it and liked it. And I watched it again within like a week. And I was like, Ooh, I didn't like this as much. And hmm. there's some movies for me. I I'm a big rewatcher. That seems to be apart from a lot of people anyway, but I have certain times I can't, I need like more time in between to like appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so all that to say that I'm glad I hadn't seen it in a while gearing up for this show yeah because i wanted it to be fresh and like i'd forgotten a lot of things and one of the things i forgot is how fucking beautiful it looks um i didn't read a lot about like how they shot it or whatever besides just stevie ellen did it but um it shot it looks like anamorphic it's kind of that like amblin spielberg look to it it's got like the lens flares and it's got it doesn't feel like ammo. It's not like a family story. It's, uh, it's very like gritty sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does have like beautiful vistas and like the way they shoot low against the cane and everything in the sky, the beautiful skies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had like a really good, I just like the, the, from set design to the outside looks, just the whole thing just looked fucking stellar to me. Yeah. Uh, it has a noir feel to it, but it's mm-hmm. not, uh, like overly. So like the, the, city in which they reside looks like beat up and i i know where it's like yeah. in the the 2040s somewhere but mm-hmm. it, it seems like four, it's, yep. it's kind of like frozen in time like our time with a few enhancements or upgrades here and right. there you know um but then by the time we make it out to the country which takes about uh, close to an hour um then it's mostly like daytime stuff mm-hmm. and like just uh gorgeous like countryside and it's just it it still works though like even though it may not have that like noir tone at that point uh it's like a almost a seamless transition to this kind of special effects infused ending to the movie Mm -hmm. you know right and i feel like it 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 fits and doesn't fit a lot of genres like it kind of picks and chooses and like Mm -hmm. makes this cohesive hole that i really dig because it's almost like when they go out in the countryside maybe just because it's like the countryside like that I, it makes me think of like a western like i got vibes uh, there's a western i like named uh, called shane that's mm-hmm. about um like a, a drifter who comes and saves like somebody a kid or whatever and then a oh family kind of adopts him and like i liked it better <laughs> when it was called logan <laughs> uh and it's like this idea of like the drifter who comes in and like protects the family from another person coming to kill wh- whoever or whatever and then he kind of goes along his way mm-hmm. and there are like elements of that to it um but definitely noir throughout the whole thing but specifically the looks in the city like his apartment joe's apartment mm-hmm. uh oh a, a great mtv movie <laughs> <laughs> Animated cockroaches <laughs> i thought about that the other day i never saw that movie i just Insane. remember it being around yeah it seems like so fucking weird that's yeah. so funny man um but yeah uh the look there and like the when his his buddy comes to be like when paul dano comes and it's like i didn't kill my dude whatever and like it's like he just opens the refrigerator door for the light and like you can see like kind of the blinds looking in like it does feel like very noir and stuff mm-hmm. but uh i also just like how they kind of use that daytime as like that's like really the most dangerous part of the movie, but mm-hmm. it's all bright and sunshiny, and yeah. they're just in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, like uh and they use that, like that isolation for some some thrills and stuff. So there's yeah. some good good vibe for it. Uh I like that in midsummer as well, where uh mm. you know, no spoilers, but the climax to that movie is also in daylight uh right. most of the movie is and it's just like summery and it just looks like the people standing there are getting like warm sun rays on their skin it's just like springtime cozy in a mm-hmm. way where it's like oh nothing Ooh, yeah nothing bad or sinister could possibly happen right now but then, right. like, sure enough it does but it 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 still works regardless yeah and it's almost because of that like mm-hmm. it it throws you off a little bit and gives you like it's all a little off kilter and then yeah it just kind of sells the effect even more yeah not a lot of people can pull it off though that's no. the thing and like those are both good examples though mm-hmm. um, alright so uh, uh, I did have some notes one of mine I would love to say because I, I had the Jogo Lev's face and voice for sure okay um, one of my next notes though was like you said the, the, the look of this movie the idea of, of its future Is like when I saw this trailer I remember just being like this is going to be a movie for me when I watched this movie I was like this fits me so well Um, I think in general people regard this movie well and people like it but my type of sci-fi is like the near future where things aren't like crazy like when I when I grew up in the 90s and I looked till the 2020s in my head still I would be like we're going to have flying cars and all this crazy (laughs) shit and it's like it's not it's like it's like it was in the 90s but mm-hmm. it's just a little tweaked fashion's a little more forward but also retro it's a little different um they have like trucks in this that have like retrofitted like hoses on them yeah. like that kind of idea where it's like our world but a little tweaked is my favorite sort of setting mm-hmm. and this one feels so realistic like they have a hover bike but it's a shitty hover bike and it barely works yeah yeah that's the kind of world we live in right mm-hmm. like we have smart lights that like you have to sit there forever and be like no alexa Ale- no alexa stop it <laughs> you know like things don't work properly mm-hmm. like this movie fits that so well and so that's one of my of mine, definitely it's like the the styles in it from their their clothes to the stuff they drive or I just really like the, the vibe that they give off for the type of future in this. Totally my style. So yeah. Would you like that stuff, too? I did. Yeah. It, it just seems so lived in that it mm-hmm. helps sell the reality of the movie. You know, um, th- like in the city, everything is kind of grimy and dirty. But then you get out to the country. Everything is like it's more open air. Um, It just seems, even though uh, on the farm, Emily Blunt's farm, it still seems like she's lived there for a while uh, and she, she, you know, works on the farm here and and, Mm -hmm. and, um, maintains it. It just has a a different overall aesthetic to it uh, that really is a a nice contrast to the beginning of the movie where we're all city all the time, you know? All city all the time. People have been saying that about me for years, (laughs) man. Yeah, I know, yeah everybody at the club says they this is this boy all city all the time mm-hmm. They're that's like- what they say about me oh you're talking about steven metrosexual fisher <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> i was trying to imagine what i would do metrosexually and all i can ever think about is really hair and i'm like well, what would i do with my hair <laughs> <laughs> bobby do i have pins. a toupee <laughs> bobby pins around the side Ooh, yeah. yeah what if i wear a toupee but it's ironic I know it's looking bad Mm -hmm. and I have a different one every time. Would that be cool? (laughs) Well, only if you like leaned over and said, hey, you think this one's fake. (laughs) And then you like point your crotch, you're like, this one's (laughs) even worse. but i ha- i do like i show them and it's like of there's course. some dark shit going down there right yeah with consent like it's, but it's yes. horrendous yes of course yeah mm-hmm. of course well i wouldn't yeah of course yeah um okay the other one thing besides just the the sci-fi feel and the futuristic vibe is the uh, this movie's brand of time travel mm-hmm. also is one of my favorite time travel ones uh time travel movies are fantastic. I love them, and there's all kinds of varieties. That's partly why I love it too. Nobody has it really nailed down. There's so many different styles of like how you travel. Do you travel on machines? Do you travel in your mind? Does your body physically travel? Do you travel in someone else's body. Like, there's so many ways to do it, and I love it because I love to discuss them and break them down, why they work and don't work. And what's great is that none of them work, mm-hmm. but they all work if you just like let them do their thing. Yeah. Uh, but this one, uh, I read in particular, Ryan Johnson said that he didn't want to get bogged down. He wanted time travel to be the conceit and then give you the story. Mm -hmm. It's because of time travel that allowed these people to come together. But I wanted to be like a character piece. That's what he said about it. Uh, whereas like primer, um, he had mentioned it's like another independent time travel movie from a few years before this. He was like, that movie is like about time travel. Like that's the whole idea. Um, He didn't want to focus on that. So he even Bruce Willis has a line in this where he says something like, like, don't even like don't get bogged down in the time travel stuff. Like we'll be here all day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like Ryan Johnson saying that to the audience. Like we've we've explained enough. Move on. Yeah. Uh, So I like that about this movie. They do kind of give you enough and then move on. But I like the idea of it. I like the idea that it's been created and then outlawed. I like the idea that like crime syndicates use it and how mm-hmm. they use it. Yeah, the whole loop idea I think is fucking genius. Yeah, uh, this is the kind of stuff when I I get into Ryan Johnson's intricacies of his plots and his is whatever his characters, his designs, everything feels so meticulous. Mm-hmm. And this one, the like the more I think back on it, the whole, the whole way Joseph Gordon Levitt like lays it out, uh, it's just like I'm just like eating it up. Yeah, it just seems really well thought out. Uh, And it's not anything to where as you're watching the movie, you're going to immediately poke holes in the logic or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You just kind of with the time travel movie, you have to understand the assignment, which is to be entertained. Right. Unless, uh, unless there's like an element of the time travel that just is egregious and doesn't make any fucking sense at all. That takes you out in the movie. Just fucking go with it. You know, just, just uh, hop on board and uh, enjoy yourself during the adventure. Right. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know where roller coasters are taking me. I don't worry about it. Yeah. They just jerk me around. What? And sometimes I feel good. You got to give me the name <laughs> of your roller coasterist. <laughs> I'm going to give me one of those. Um, so, one of my notes was um, like the character name, right? So, the, mm-hmm. the character played by Jogolev and Bruce Willis, uh, his name is Joe. So, I was Joe. imagining a, a conversation like when they were not filming. Before the beginning of the movie where Bruce Willis is like, You look like me, but you call me you. Yeah. I can totally picture him having that on set. Like, why don't we call him Bruce? Yeah, yeah. why isn't this character Bruce? Because he has to look like your face. So, as a counterbalance, so you, take you call his him name. by your or his name. Yeah, so let's talk about uh TK. Yes, that was my next note actually. Yeah, floating coins. I Another futuristic thing that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect, again, I don't remember in the trailer what it reveals about this. For Again, spoilers for the whole movie. We know at the end it becomes like a much bigger story. I feel like when I watched this, I totally went with it. I didn't understand that it was him like planting seeds for something that would become more of a plot point later on. I thought like it's mm-hmm. a futuristic world. There's time travel, whatever. There's some sort of telekinesis. It's kind of cool. It, I love that they kind of throw it away. He's like, yeah, at first it, we thought it would be superheroes. Then it's just a bunch of douchebags floating quarters at bars. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's, again, feels realistic. Like, that's how, if something happened like that, that's how it might happen. Yeah. And then the fact that it comes back later, I feel like I was totally shocked. I really didn't know it was, like, something I was supposed to pay attention to. It just felt like another world-building thing. And mm-hmm. uh, and then I, by the end of the movie and how the whole thing plays out, I fucking fall in love with the movie, knowing, like, it's all been laid out all the whole way to this little kid who's the first with some real fucking power but it's like yeah it's just it turns the entire story from like i love the time travel thing i didn't expect it to go that way i i think i was thrown off at first i never i never saw it coming but then i love it in retrospect and uh and i think i did yeah. the first time i watched it as well so what do you think about uh yeah the whole thing with the tk so the the telekinetic powers thing uh initially threw me for a looks left looks right <laughs> uh but I, uh, because it does seem a little bit like a hat on a hat. Right. That it's like, okay, we're going to do a time travel movie. Okay, we've got a character that's going to go back in time. Yes, but it's going to be that, that character confronting his younger self, okay, who's also supposed to kill him, his older self. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, and also there's, telekinesis in this movie. right wait, wait, right, right this seems like potentially a bridge too far but it it works um i feel like i'm saying that a lot hey it works man hey man just you know what? Noirfield works <laughs> hey farmland works what kind of pizza you want the works give me all of it let's go um but it does it does uh there's uh it, it's it's in the background enough that by the time we get toward the end of the movie, it's like, oh yeah, it's like the uh, the the loaded gun that we saw in the first act is going to come back in a big way in the third act, right? And I uh, I think that really does in in this movie, and I think it's uh, to the credit of the filmmakers, but also to uh, the casting people. Mm-hmm. The movie is well cast overall, including that little boy. Oh my god! Who I forgot What's how good of an actor he was. Yeah, he's not listed uh, it's on like, there. I gotta go find him. Isn't it like Pierce something? Pierce Gagnon. Gagnon. Yeah. Gagnon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. He is. I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I w- definitely wanted to keep him on here, but in the Wikipedia, he just wasn't mm-hmm. listed uh, at the top. But he's a huge part of this movie, obviously. Uh, yeah. He was in Tomorrowland, which did come out in 2015. I've never seen that. I want to see it. It's just not on Disney+. Plus, Right. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, there's a, a really good fan edit I've seen of that one that that kind of fixes a lot of errors with that movie. But overall, mm-hmm. I really like it. It has a, a cool feeling <laughs> they, to it. They put George Clooney in the bat suit again. Listen, once the nips come out, it makes, it makes the movie better. Makes the Extra movie better. nipples? Oh, I get right. it now. Okay. They yeah. even put nipples on the butt. And it, it still works. It's just like a bigger boob. I don't know. But I, yeah, Brent's like, uh-huh. I got to go. And to go yeah. check this out. So in that movie, uh, in Tomorrowland, that's where he gets his Nespresso. <laughs> anyway, <go ahead. laughs> Don't don't picture it though, because it, no, it's worse than it actually is in real life. Uh-huh. Um, so in uh, in Tomorrowland, it, it takes place. Uh, uh, it follows like a, a main girl, Britt Robinson, and her little brother is played by this kid, and oh, he is okay. just really good. Like in both movies, yeah. he just. He feels like an adult actor in a lot of ways. And this one, he has some mm-hmm. really serious face moments, even when he's just making that little, like, uh, frog communicator for Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he, like, talks about his, his mom as not really his mom and blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. he delivers lines in such a naturalistic way that, like, makes me feel like only an adult could do. Oh, 100%. There's a, in that same scene where they're doing the little communicator, Joseph Gordon, I can't remember what he says, but he says something kind of like, smart ass a little bit to that kid mm. and the kid like cracks a smile but it works so fucking right. well i don't know how you would like instruct right. someone to do that, that but it seems so natural i was like man this fucking kid is great and i i think he's like 17 18 now. yeah that's crazy 17 he was born to, uh, 2005 yeah so he was wow. like uh six or seven filming this movie mm-hmm. um and he yeah. just knocks it out of the park yeah he's yeah he's, he's so great. good um yeah and i had forgotten how much he had to go through this movie as well but and then where his character ends up going i just find so fascinating I, I again like you said it could be like a hat on the hat situation but for some reason it just really works and the movie doesn't feel very long i do feel like maybe you're you're kind of even pinpointing on something where it's like the dark and the light halves of the movie like the city mm-hmm. and the country halves of the movie it helps like break it up almost like a TV series sort of thing. But uh, yeah. it feels like a, a winding story when you lay it all out. When you have to describe it to someone, mm-hmm. it's it'd be really complicated with any like con- concision to be able to say that or whatever. But uh, but watching it, it feels like pretty laid out. Like it doesn't feel that complicated to me. Yeah, uh, I feel like Emily Blunt is the third lead of this movie and we don't even see her on screen until right. 52 minutes in, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that where she's she's such a big part of it too. when I think back, I'm yeah. like, she's a big part of the movie, but it's like, you don't even see her for so long. Uh, that mm-hmm. little kid is, is the same way. Like obviously like right around with her, but yeah. Fascinating how the, how the movie kind of lays it all out again, like Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. I feel like has a, a really good way of keeping the, the mysteries alive and really convoluted. But when he pulls it all apart and shows you all the pieces, they make sense. Everything's in order. Yeah. Uh, and it feels very thought out. Like, they always feel like they're not half-assed. Oh, for sure. I think a good example of that is how a Looper who gets sent back in time uh, but escapes, like Paul Dano's character, mm. right? He's, like, out in the world. And then we see he starts to—one of his fingers goes missing. Such a creepy scene. And uh, before that, he gets the the message uh, written on his arm, like, etched into his skin Um, And then eventually he loses his nose and he's like driving this car and he goes to like hit the brakes, but then his foot disappears. And it's all because Paul Dano as the younger version of that character is getting like dismembered during that time. And uh, it's just stuff I would never think about, you know, but it it just so clever. um,
1: Yeah, gross. It really is. (laughs) Like when his nose goes,
0: yeah i was like damn we go from pinky to nose yeah like that's That's, that's excessive (laughs) yeah yeah a little bit i thought it was funny too because they uh they do like the pinky and he's like starts to climb climb the fence still and then he they do like one more finger and he's like okay and then this nose goes away immediately and he's like i'm on my way and they told him like 15 minutes they just keep removing stuff and i'm like he's he is coming like (laughs) you could like keep this guy around like part of it was just so it was almost like that much more disturbing 'Cause they just kept going, yeah. uh, and doing more shit and the the further he gets along his journey until he's just like a paraplegic, basically, like knocking at the door, like that. yeah, that was pretty uh pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, what you got? Um what about uh Kid Blue? Kid Blue. Kid Blue by uh Noah Sagan. What is that name from? I have no idea. I, I tried looking it up to see if it was like from some album or whatever, uh, a a classic Ryan Johnson trope. Right. Uh, I couldn't really find much of, of anything as far as like specifically relating to 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 this character and Ryan Johnson, you know, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I know Radiohead has an album called Kid A and I was like, well, next letter is B, Ah, uh, the the color blue is the sky, uh, and the the last (laughs) act of the movie. Okay. Okay. (laughs) okay, We're getting somewhere with this. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really couldn't, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Right. Um, I love how inept his character is so, like the, so the part good. where he's like uh, I think they take him to Jeff Daniels, like a little chamber, like just outside of his office. Right. There's that uh, like bunker area. They're just hanging out and he's like twirling his gun around and then he like fumbles his gun yes. while he's doing that. And like, oh, OK, this guy's like a dipshit a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I felt I felt a kinship. With You're like, like I like this guy. He's I'm my like, hero. I don't get up on any uh, <laughs> stairs. <laughs> Don't get up on a single step, you'll fall. Um, but he is a, a bit of a fuck up, and he mm-hmm. like injures himself. I think at the beginning of the movie, he's got a limp because he's uh, he like shot himself or he something. Shot himself like in that. the foot. They talk about it later on. Yeah, if he's gonna shoot himself yeah. in the other foot. Uh huh. So he has a history, um, which is great when you have a, a yeah a, a guy get with a gun next to you. That's always good to, <laughs> right. to know that he can do that kind of stuff to himself. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- there is part of me that wondered. If he was a younger version of Jeff Daniels character. Oh, interesting. But I don't think the the ages quite line up, you know, and then also uh, Ryan Johnson said that he was uh, I read an interview where um, the interviewer asked him about that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's a good question. I wanted to know that as well. She's like, well. You know, it's uh, maybe it's better. I just like kind of leave that vague. I was like, oh man, come on! <laughs> I just wanted a fucking answer. And then he said that in a deleted scene that uh, they were going to. Uh, he ordered his other man to take Kid Blue out and like beat his ass or something like that, or or like shoot him in the knee, mm-hmm. which would affect him. Thus, meaning that it was like they're not the same character. Mm-hmm. But um, like, I why don't know. would he do that to himself? Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they they look similar enough to where I was like, oh, I, I love if- the theory. Yeah, if anything, yeah, and I like that. Mm-hmm. If, at least Ryan Johnson didn't shoot it out of the air, so it's still there. It's not. A, it's not yeah. a balloon. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, still, still floating out there. We're watching you, China. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did really like Kid Blue though, as a as a fumbling character, and again, one of those the things that like I don't think he was put in there specifically for this reason, but the way that he plays out in the plot where he gets taken off the case cause he's a fuck up. And then he ends up bringing mm-hmm. Bruce Willis in only to release Bruce Willis on accident, leading him to be able to kill like everybody in there, including Jeff Daniels. Like it just felt like, uh, a really, again, like when I, when I watched it, I was just like, Oh my God, I love how intricate everything is. And it didn't feel forced to me. It felt like, mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he's, he's a fuck up. He's been a fuck up, but I didn't expect him to, that to be like a major plot point it was just mm. kind of like fun comedic relief a little bit. And it's fun to see Noah Sagan, like, especially knowing him from Ni- I think knives out is what solidified it. I just really like his, his quirky, weird detective character that barely talks mm. and just trips in with like stuff where he's just like, he's just like, I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> right, and he yeah. loves all the mysteries. <laughs> like I fell yeah. in love with Noah Sagan a little bit. And now in retrospect, I'm like, I love seeing him and all these other things. Yeah. And, uh, and like I had said on the episode, I watched brick. He, uh, he was so good in that one. He's uh, a little more dramatic than I think I've seen in other things. He's a little funnier. Uh, but yeah, he was great and a good character addition as well, I think, to the, the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do have a question for you as a, a former Christian. Mm. Uh, help me through this, right? So assuming that the Christian version of heaven exists okay. in, this, in this reality, right? Would closing your loop be a way around committing suicide and still getting into heaven? Like, I know you're not supposed to murder people. Mm-hmm. I know that was on Jesus's marker boards that he uh, had that guy bring down from uh, um, Volt. <laughs> uh, I was like, I cannot help you. I cannot think of it right now. Where, where are we going? Voltron? From? Is that what you're going to say? Vo- where he comes down from Voltron. Voltron he- Mountain?
1: <laughs> That's yeah. in the
0: Bible, I'm pretty sure. Go ahead. Yeah, Moses walks down <laughs> with the marker boards, <laughs> steps directly out of the yellow lion's mouth. But I know that uh, you're not supposed to kill anyone, but you can't Mm. ask for forgiveness ahead of time. And Jesus is just like, okay, or whatever, you know, sometimes. Mm, However, Mm -hmm. committing suicide is like a a strict no go, right? Because you can't. It depends on the religion and I was never uh, in my religion in in the Methodist church I was never Mm. really sure about that there's different ones uh, about like suicide in particular and if like that's Mm. just like you're going to hell Um, because that's how some of what I was raised but then Mm. um, in other parts it wasn't where it was like oh you can still I don't know like you'd still go to heaven you still can ask for forgiveness or whatever My, Mm. my personal viewpoint on that at the time was that if you if you're so bad off, you commit suicide. Then like, why would it, why would God be like, oh, then I don't even fucking want to talk to you? It's like, in a, mm-hmm. wouldn't any friend at that point be like, oh, please hug. I want to hug you. Like, I want <laughs> right, to yeah. I want to save you now. Like, uh, but it's kind of like the, you're throwing away the gift. Is the idea the uh, gift okay. you're throwing it away? You're spitting in God's face. I think is oh. some people's viewpoint on that. Uh, I do wonder for closing your loop though, like. Mm-hmm they're in different timelines when you go to heaven did they expect you were you Mm -hmm. are you jump on the line and they're like we don't have that page printed yet you know like they're still working on that does that does that come into play uh it's like when you buy the upgrade at disney world land and then you Mm. can like uh cut the line okay whatever fast people don't know know this but like if you become a looper you do get (laughs) <laughs> a fast uh, pass to the pearly gates oh st peter's like you killed yourself but <laughs> right. not yourself like technically like you get it ah oh, fuck he's just sitting there with his like hand on his hip <laughs> he's like, huh i would actually love to see the meeting that they probably had in heaven when time okay. travel was invented and they're like okay guys we gotta we have to figure out as a team what we're gonna do with this this is new technology mm-hmm. people are showing up yeah. out of line uh mm-hmm. who wants it's capitalism who wants to charge who wants to charge more for the loopers <laughs> yeah. they, they want to pay for the fast pass that's fine but they gotta pay yeah that's mm-hmm. right that'd be weird if you like got up to heaven and you walked through the gates and then uh you saw there were only like six other people there <laughs> <laughs> where is everybody we gotten real strict. literally every other person <laughs> and animal is in hell <laughs> and they <laughs> the party down there. It. you would think some of them would question it but they fucking knew yeah <laughs> they knew what they did that's the thing too with the loopers I mean yes they could ask forgiveness for murdering these people too that they've been murdering but uh, in general the idea would be that they would go to hell you know because mm. they're, they're killing people they're not yeah. good people he's uh, but robbing people Joe- later on uh, yeah. And he mm-hmm. played Robin in that Batman movie. There you go. Joe Good Uh but like if Bruce Willis is planning to like kill a kid mm-hmm. and he's the older one, he's got like all that murder in his past, isn't a younger Joe killing his older self better overall because that's more lives saved? For whose opinion, I guess. Not for Bruce Willis's but everybody um, else's, I think, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But Bruce Willis is like, no. I What is his point, too? Like, he's trying to go back in time so that this never gets set in motion, I guess. I don't know if he, if he mm-hmm. thought if he if he killed the kid,
1: mm-hmm. would
0: he then disappear from this timeline? Like, he never came back because he was never called up, they never found him or whatever. Or does he think he'd be stuck there? Like, he's not... Does he think he's going back to that woman, his wife? Like... Hmm. Or is he just trying to save her overall? And, and and then, like, the younger Joe is like, I'll just look away. When I see her, I'll look away. I'll walk away. Like, he refuses that because all the Joes, both Joes, mm-hmm. are, like, selfish, essentially. Until uh, I think there should have been, like, an extra line at that point where Bruce Willis's older Joe was like, no, you don't get it. That ass, though. I mean, like, oh, man. <laughs> He shows him the picture from the pocket watch. It's just her ass. Yeah. He's like, uh, she got them apple bottom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was like, boots with the fur, boots with the fur. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's like, okay, we got to work together. The whole club was looking <laughs> at her. She hit the flow. Next thing you know. Shorty, I was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. He couldn't look over there because he had drugs huh. in his eyes, though. Another part that, that creeped me out. That is so insane. That is so insane that you'd like put like eye drops full of drugs in there yeah i do not like stuff touching my eyes around my eyes my eyes water a lot even just talking about it right now they might do it um Mm -hmm. and putting eye drops in sounds really bad there's a lot of ways (laughs) to ingest drugs but that one just seemed really gross to me steven i gotta tell you this funny thing that happened to me at work uh like i wear glasses i have glasses on right now but i also wear contacts Mm -hmm. and uh, i kind of like alternate throughout the week at work and uh when I wear my contacts my eyes get like super dry especially with the weather how it is right now right. plus the um just like staring at computer monitors my eyes get dry so I'll throw some eye drops in and uh I just put eye drops in and like whenever I do it I try to like really coat them and mm. uh, get them nice and moist. Oh god. And uh some people out there are cringing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, it's, the word it's for true. It. Yeah. And uh I just like put a, a decent amount in each eye and like that gives me a little bit of overflow even after blinking a whole bunch so I'm like wiping it off on my sleeve and then like one of my coworkers walked around the corner and he was just like asking how I was doing it's like I'm, oh I'm doing good I know it looks like I'm crying but really I just put some eye drops in and it makes me so emotional <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty happy with it you know Um, mm. uh, I wanted to one of my notes was the OG storyline and the way it plays out showing how Bruce Willis came to be out of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And uh, uh, I liked that again with the time travel thing. It's like that's kind of explains like there was one timeline and there was like an alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. I like this movie because it plays with that theory. I think in a little bit like while there are two timelines side by side, things can merge here and there and uh mm-hmm. you can fig- you know you can lose a, a limb as a younger one and then like it'll disappear to the older one but like it wouldn't necessarily change his life enough to where the entire events of him going back in time changed right like up until that moment they're still saying like it's gonna work out or whatever so yeah uh i like how this one kind of plays with that but as it shows that as well i like how it shows um how how Jogolev first really did kill him how that played mm-hmm. out How he started losing his money. He did go to Beijing um, and he started losing his money and his hair. And then he turned into Bruce Willis with Mm a little little less hair. And it kind of works. Um, It's not great. It's a little bit jarring. It's a little jarring. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like there could have been a few more levels (laughs) to get there. Um, Because they almost try to make Bruce Willis look really young but with like no real effort than just the hair sort of. But, uh, and then they just go with like the Bruce Willis look or whatever. But uh, it was still kind of cool. And I, I, I like his storyline. I like the, like, it's nice that he meets this lady. He's like on drugs and he like gets out of it and she's nice and whatever. But um, I don't know. It's, it's almost kind of poetic in a way, weirdly, that Joe got that life. Once, but it also gets ripped away mm-hmm. from him, and he's okay with that. Later on, he kind of chooses that. So, yeah. Uh, but it was cool. I liked how it played out. How it, they use montages and and uh, voiceovers and stuff with this movie to kind of move things along. But I, again, I never feel like they are overdone or or out of place. They feel like we're getting a lot of info out of the way about time travel. Move on. Here we go. And then they kind of give you that that extra timeline. And yeah, uh, yeah I kind of dug how that all played out. So, I did too. Uh, I. I like that it came after that diner scene. Like, oh, the diner scene, I fucking love. I think I love diner scenes in movies. Oh like, yeah, they're always interesting to mm-hmm. me. Um, there's always like either intense conversations or interesting conversations or just I don't know. There's there's something like uh, homey, right, about a diner scene. You know, I'm with uh, you. It's even if it's just like an exposition dump, it's still like oh. I've been to a diner before. You're like, man, diners are so good. <laughs> it's so good, you know. That's that's why fucking uh, Guy Fieri. Uh, oh frequents yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me, they both order steak and eggs. Yeah, I've never had steak and eggs. I don't understand the plate steak and eggs. Have you uh-huh. had this? Do you do you eat this? Um, do you get it? No. Like I i get it that like i understand it but i don't i've never had it before i i don't right. i don't know that i would order that from i don't i don't diner. get it my brain can't put those foods together i don't understand why that works um mm-hmm. but it's like a, it's a common thing at diners and uh, at least amongst the south i've always seen steak yeah. and eggs and stuff and i'm always like that's the weirdest fucking breakfast meat give me some sausage give me some bacon It it seems like such a large steak as well. That's the thing; it's a lot of food. (laughs) It's gonna weigh down your fucking guts for the rest of your day. It's very American. I feel feel steak and eggs. It's like a Mm T-bone with with eight scrambled eggs and a side of fries. Give me half a cow and then also uh, a chicken's poop and uh, (laughs) I don't know some potatoes. I don't know. You surprise me, you know that's a really cool diner you go into that sounds like you can get a lot of food for the money it's a good value that's a really good diner uh-huh. i like yeah it. oh i fucking love mother cluckers it's great that's the thing these diners it's too great. that steak and eggs they ate mm-hmm. even in the future that was like eight dollars mm-hmm. they're just yeah. affordable meals all the time it's very nice that way it, it's lovely it really racist is. but lovely food <laughs> yeah fucking dilbert works there now <laughs> it's insane it really is <laughs> what else what um, else you got uh, the in, in that diner scene uh-huh. um, Bruce Willis is talking about how since he's back in the past his memory's deteriorating and knowing what we know about oh, Bruce Willis now yes. that's like it's hard to hear because it's like him talking about something that he's likely going through in real life right now you know and he uh, some of like fuzzy memories and I was like uh yeah Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah. hard uh, so I, I thought that was interesting because you don't get that a lot from different movies, you know? Right. Like if, if Chris Evans, you know, uh, Carl forbid, he got in a, a wreck and he like mm. died when he was like still fairly young, below the age of like 70, uh, that'd be somewhat weird to watch Avengers Endgame, game. And then at the end, he's like old man, Steve. Oh, so right. Like right. See What Chris Evans as a totally. 70 year old man would look like, you know, uh, it's just like one of those weird movie things that's right. just that's a good kind one. of almost entirely happenstance you know? Um on to lighter topics. Mm. Uh again, Emily Blunt comes in fifty two minutes into the movie and she fake smokes a cigarette on her Oh yeah like, front porch, you know? And at that point I was like, Hell yeah, it's Emily smoking blunts hell yeah, dude <laughs> And then like I noticed something toward the end of the movie that took me back to this moment, mm-hmm. which is toward the end of the movie, she and uh, young Joe uh, have sexual relations. Oh, re- re- relations! You never I had don't know how to say it. You never yeah. had it. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> I, I, I need some diagrams made. They uh, they fuck. Right. right. And then uh, afterward, uh, she's seen smoking an actual cigarette.
1: So I'm like, Mm -hmm. when
0: she was fake smoking on the porch when we first saw her, (laughs) did she just get done cranking (laughs) one out? (laughs) And she saves like the real, she has like the real thing. Yeah, exactly. She bought like one pack of smokes. She can't get into town for like several months. So she's just like kind of pretend smoking or whatever, you know? So, uh, and one of my notes is that, uh, much like Shane, I mentioned uh, this movie reminded me of. It also reminded me of a few other ones. Uh, Main one was Terminator. Um, Obviously time travel, but sent back to kill a kid to prevent the future from happening and everything. Um, I thought this was a really interesting take. Much like Terminator is a great time travel movie. I thought this one as well. It just kind of borrows a few of those things, but I noticed uh, just like a a touch of familiarity there. Um, But I liked it, and... I, I like them kind of using that idea. I feel like Bruce Willis or the, the Joe character is really intriguing and in how it all shows him mm-hmm. playing out and everything. And then how what it becomes because he goes to kill these kids and he starts fucking doing it. And uh, yeah. when he when he sees Piper Parabo and like the one of the kids is her kid, I thought that was, it was a little maybe a little too much coincidence. But it was it's for, for movie times. It's like, yeah, gets the idea across. And it's crazy that he still went to go kill him mm-hmm. um, and push her out of the way and everything didn't like just got over it and was like, I have to do this. Um, it's, it's almost like a little like Anakin turned to the dark side sort of thing, you know, like he's yeah. going to kill the Padawan. It's just one of those scenes that like just stays with you. We're like, wow, this movie is like Bruce Willis is killing kids in this movie. It's fucked I, yeah. up. I thought because it's been such a long time since I've seen this movie, uh probably 10 years or so. Mm. And uh I, I'm surprised that didn't stick with me because usually mm, right. any type of uh movie where there's a child or an animal that gets like hurt, it it like sticks with me because I'm just like, ugh, that's a, a gross feeling to Right. Have. And I was I kept thinking to myself, after he sees that first child and you know, we see him raise the gun and then it like cuts to an exterior of a house or something like that, and you you hear the gun fire, but he just like walks away through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, well surely he didn't like kill that kid we right. will find out later <laughs> that he like shot the side of a house instead of the kid right. or whatever but no that he, kid's dead yeah mm-hmm. which is fucked up you right. know yeah and then um, the fact that he was gonna do it with the, like two other kids I guess he only really gets that one done so yeah he's not, he's not even good at his job um, <laughs> number one same he didn't even get to finish the project so like why start you know uh, <laughs> yeah. like that kid could have lived that's what i'm saying mm-hmm. but um yeah. th- the things that play out like that like, uh, like that's what i said earlier it's like an amblin movie in some ways it looks like it's shot that way it's it almost has this like same sort of sci-fi movie like spielberg would shoot but then it has some really dark shit in it as well like this is very certainly not a uh, a kid's movie or a family movie of any kind like it has a kid mm-hmm. in it but he does some crazy shit um when they start to reveal you know I, you said that uh you know, Jogolev had sexual relations, and then uh, afterwards, Emily Blunt is twirling that lighter, and she's really good at it, and he's like, well, I've never seen anybody that good before. That was kind of a fun little you know, moment there as well, the kind of place that you get little inklings of, you know, things are gonna get bigger. But uh, the first thing that, like, Sid freaks out, and yeah. things start to go a little haywire in his room. Uh, it's pretty crazy, uh, but again, like, using utilizing things around the space and and the way you shoot things to uh, efficiently get ideas across, much much better than my really long sentence right there. The fact that she goes and runs (laughs) into uh, a gun safe and, like, locks her in really fast, it's, like, it really sells this idea that, like, this has happened before, she needs, like, serious protection from it, and it's, like, really fucked up, like, oh, something could happen to her? Like, it sells so many things in one one little moment, Uh, and it's really creepy, and then, again, like, it feels like it could be too much in other hands, but the way it plays out with this kid and you've heard these stories about this guy, um, you know, in the future that's like come up, you know, and he's like the, the big bad in the future, whatever. Like I didn't connect all of it. I don't think at first and then the way it yeah. lays out the story, it's just like it becomes more and more amazing. And uh, when you see that kid flip out mm-hmm. and the way it starts happening and the, the way they shoot it is really good, like the effects are really cool, um, mm-hmm. how things are like floating around and everything. Um, so even that first one is really neat. And then it leads into that other guy who comes the, uh, what are they called? The, the, the bag men, the bat ba- the Gatman, the Gatman. Oh, okay. That, that yeah. guy comes, you know, and then like gets levitated and all that shit. Um, I just love the way that shit is shot and I never expected it, um, going into this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to the scene where Sid first freaks out, uh, it's Emily Blunt's character, um, was it, uh, Sarah? she's going over his like multiplication tables and uh at a certain point she gets to eight times three and he goes 32 and i'm just sitting there (laughs) a person who's terrible at math i'm like yes this is progressing nicely okay i don't see anything wrong with this and then like she gets to the point where she's like oh my god "Uh, well count out the eights and he goes eight 16 32 and i was like yes that makes sense to me, you know. That's amazing. You, I, I can totally imagine you at least uh, watching it, not really paying attention, and being like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, whatever. This is fine. Why do they keep going back to that number? It's right." Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. But that's it's okay. Then Jim Carrey pops out. He's like, <laughs> uh, "That's just twenty three backwards." Okay, that's not how the movie. works. that's not. <laughs> Get in your own movie, buddy. Yeah, you know, some somebody stop him. I uh, I liked the music again. I mentioned that it was same. Uh, it was uh, the cousin of Ryan Johnson who did that. I think his name is, uh, Nathan Johnson. And it had, I don't know if you noticed it even, it had some, some moments in the like techno kind of genre maybe or whatever, when he was like in the club, uh, type of stuff or in the city. Like it had like a sort of a vibe to it. And then whenever he went to the country, it was a little more like orchestral. Um, Mm -hmm. but it played both or like in like more like noir, like it, it played both. And, uh, just was like really filled out the movie again. Like nothing really of like note about any particular song, but I just really liked mm-hmm. how it added some, some of the ambiance. Speaking of country, uh, musician, uh, instrumentation, right? Indeed. Uh, I, I had this thought today cause, uh, we were watching part of Zombieland land before we recorded. Mm. And there was a scene where Woody Harrelson, uh, like hits a zombie in the face with a banjo. And I was like, a banjo is kind of like if a snare drum <laughs> also wanted to be a guitar, you know? <laughs> the snare gun that wanted to be, uh, become a guitar. I yeah. snare gun. Snare, snare drum. That could I mean, be like could a be. kid's book, though. Yeah. It could be. The spare Ooh. gun that wanted to become a guitar. The spare gun. A, a <laughs> bad kid's book. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Welcome to America. That's all you need to know. Um, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the TK murder toward the end where yeah. he, uh, he <laughs> essentially kills that, uh, that Gatman yeah. guy. Um, it's all of the, dark. I was watching the special features, all of the stuff in the living room that like races to the ceiling mm. whenever it's, um, his TK is going out of control. Uh, that was all done practically. They just erase oh, the wires wow. and whatnot. Um, looks good. And, and that's cool. The like he was like floating up there, and then you see his chest burst open, and there's just like a bunch of blood in slow motion, just like pull like pouring out of his chest. Yeah, and then later we see poor little Sid like out in the cornfield, just covered in blood, right? Except for like so gross, two little bits under his eyes, yeah. where you <laughs> tell he was like crying, it was so sad, and that would just be so like if I came across a blood covered child in a cornfield. I would just collapse into dust like fucking Thanos snapped his fingers. Right. I would not know what to do. I'd be like so <laughs> horrified by that. I would simultaneously want to like help, mm. but also just like flee because like I don't know what happened to this child. Maybe it's just like an incredibly late-term birth. That's the only good explanation. Other than yep. that, uh, <laughs> this uh, is a bad news bears. Yeah. Better not. There's. <laughs> Taking one step forward is a bad idea oh in all God. regards. But uh, that's, uh, that's yeah. True I statement. just thought that was uh, a very intense scene, especially it the is. first time I saw it. Right, uh, I was like, damn, they're really like going hard on this. And I think if that kid wasn't such a good actor, right, that scene would not have sold so well because uh, there are a lot of times where uh, kid actors, especially in like films like this. They can be like too overly gruff or whatever, but he just seemed like, for the most part, just seemed like a normal kid right. um, who had his own little like concerns and whatnot. But I don't know. I I, I just think that they really lucked out with that casting, and uh, it really sold that particular moment because right. it's not like he was like intentionally trying to be evil and kill this man. It's just like he lost control, you know. Yeah, um, I I think I agree with that kid because what you're saying about that kid because. Um, he plays this really well naturalistically like a child but also he plays the part of being like a really smart child like Mm. I think he's really smart in real life he has to be (laughs) exactly that's what I'm saying eight (laughs) times three is 32 (laughs) don't argue with them he'll fuck you up yeah and the other movie I was talking about Tomorrowland he plays like this the son of like an NASA like engineer and like his sister's incredibly smart they're all very smart he plays that really well so it feels like it's like natural to him like he he can say that adult dialogue and it gets across, and he can seem vulnerable but vicious in the same moment, uh, which is so. It, it's almost not even vicious; it's just like a, a child throwing a tantrum, right? Like that's all it is, and he doesn't understand. And that the way they play that scene in slow motion, like he's falling down the stairs, and Joe goes to catch him, and then Emily Blunt runs over, and then you realize the last moment she's tackling Joe out of the house because she knows yeah. what's going to happen. That yeah, was fucking I love cool. That uh yeah. the way that that guy i thought he was gonna explode i thought the slow motion mm-hmm. would stop when he explodes and it'd be like more graphic and but then they slowly just draw the blood out of him, which was more graphic than i imagined yeah. and uh it just played really well like it's so creepy um and again that, like you said like that kid just sells it uh sells the whole idea behind it and if he wasn't as good mm-hmm. yeah it wouldn't wouldn't work but um And then that leads also, that's when Joe finds out, like, he's, like, he knows for sure, like, that's the kid. And he's, like, this is, like, dangerous. And uh, we do not talked a ton about it, but, like, this all gets set in motion. We find out from Bruce Willis and some of the other guys that there is this, the Rainmaker in the future um, that is, like, closing loops. And he's taken over, the like, all the crime syndicates. And I'm, like, it really is, like, I almost, I I don't want a sequel to this at all, but uh, Mm. I almost do in a completely different context where I want to see like what the rainmaker, like the world with time travel. And there's like a new supervillain who, who was the first to come about or whatever in this world. Mm-hmm. Like it just sounds all fascinating. I love the whole, the whole mythos, the whole world building. Yeah. Um, and there's so much more we didn't get to see. And I'm like, that was so interesting. And then you find out like this everywhere and comes from somewhere and like, it's this little kid. And then it's like all of a sudden the, the question of like, if you could go back in time and murder kid Hitler, would you do it? And it's like I and I don't know. I in general, it's a kid, but it's Hitler. I don't I don't know how <laughs> why, you how you do that. Why is that always the argument? Why can't he be like on his eighteenth birthday, sure, show up and yak that fool, but like it's gotta be ten or under, man. People, people <laughs> are always like, would you strangle him in his crib? It's like, well, I don't I don't know why you're going there with it. You know, that's like, a good point. Why does it have to be a child at all? Like, why couldn't it be even just amongst the other bad shit he did? But before he did the really bad shit like you had a, mm. you had decades <laughs> of his adulthood that you could have, like, killed him with. it. I think you he know? was like a failed artist. Right. Right. So, like, maybe the day he got an F on his uh, artwork or whatever, you also like a deliver a bullet to his brain and then you don't even have to worry about it. You know? don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah. And you could yeah. also observe him and not kill him as a child, but maybe be like, Oh, maybe we can set him on a better path. Like Emily Blunt is trying, you know, to do. Mm. And then he, he goes to the art competition and you're like been supporting him and you're like, maybe he's turned himself around and then he loses. And he's like, this is the Jews fault. And you're like, Oh, okay. And you kill him. Uh, huh. You, you just wait for a little confirmation. Right. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. <laughs> Instead of you're just like being constantly and floating things out, it's like and right. If you had to say a group of people were at fault, <laughs> right. which would be fucked what up, would you say who? <laughs> like, if you were to be like, no, this was simply on me. You know. Then you're like, I did my job. But if I did have to say. <laughs> oh god okay here we go oh man yeah Nice the night so but yeah why 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 a child which is like why it's so when you see it when you don't know who the rainmaker is we don't know who that is we don't see hitler mm. in their version right? right so we don't have yeah. any context of how bad he is mm. and and then we don't have this like weird trope that for some reason we all talk about at one point you know of like mm. would you go kill a child hitler or whatever um but yeah, when you when you when you take that context out and you're just like, oh, I'm going to go kill these children because they might become bad one day. It's like that seems really fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is. But even Joe for a little bit is like, I, I maybe we should get rid of him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just the, the way that everything is laid out and the, the way that uh, young Joe eventually comes around uh, mm. to defend the kid and it's so weird because it's not like two separate characters that have uh, wildly opposed ideologies. It's technically the same character, right. just at different points in his life, but at the same uh, amount of time or whatever, mm-hmm. their same uh, spot in time that they're having this debate. So um, it's really interesting. And I really like the uh, the the way the threat of the movie is resolved, where it it everything kinda gets to a boiling point and then uh Jogo Lev is like, Well, I know of one way to solve all of right. these problems. You know, he like thinks it through. And it seems like right then we could see uh maybe a montage of uh young Sid growing up to become the, the Rainmaker. And then mm-hmm. like kinda like we, we saw with Jogo Lev becoming Bruce Willis, we do the same thing where that little kid becomes uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the future, or some shit, you know? A beloved but, uh, celebrity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but, uh, but they they didn't do that. And instead, uh, he just turns the blunderbuss uh, on himself and takes him out. Completely. And uh, Bruce Willis just vanishes, you know? I like how that's staged. I like also kind of how they, again, like the, the time travel aspects in the movie. They start mm-hmm. in sort of a, a machine, like a round machine, and then they just wake up. It just kind of flashes and they're just like at another place. Uh mm-hmm. and then when he leaves, it's just like he just kind of looks up at Emily Blonde and is just like, oh no. And then he goes, <laughs> you know? Was that in your <laughs> oh, version? The sound uh, effects? I, I didn't watch the uh director's cut. Oh, I just okay, watched the normal okay. cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of, I did see I I I, I did I don't have access to all the itunes features for this one um mm. i don't know if there's a commentary on there but apparently right after it was released he released a uh, a, co- a director's commentary on soundcloud to be downloaded oh. and listened alongside this which that was interesting like it was like the studio wasn't providing it or something but he mm. just wanted to do it when i was like man i really want to listen to that now that's uh, awesome well, well so congratulations to ryan johnson for also being in debt 16 a month to SoundCloud. <laughs> I, I felt like I'm taking it out on SoundCloud. They're simply providing a service. I know they're, they're doing like, nothing wrong. There's, if you have a complaint, you never complained. Like you just yeah. talk about us all the time. Just trash us for no reason. Guys, do you pay for a service that we provide. Uh, we're under the same agreement here. We've been putting out so many episodes. We're coming up on 300. We can't <laughs> get like an off month. You can't Come like on. give us a like discount. You know? Come on. Yeah. Just it's like a birthday thing. It's like going yeah. to get a dessert at a restaurant. Hey man, that you guys are gonna miss out on mm-hmm. three listens a month. I guess <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the way it all plays out with uh, the 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 staging uh, across the field of how we've learned before that like the the guy who becomes the rainmaker as a child had been like wounded in the face and watched his mom die, and then mm-hmm. you see it all kind of play out and you realize like over time. And I, again, I don't remember like the first time I watched it when I realized things. We're all connected that way, um, but you see that kind of happen in the field. He starts to levitate in the field, but she's able to calm him down. That that part's fucking wild. Uh, just mm-hmm. the, the power again that he wields and doesn't know how to use, doesn't know how to control. Um, but then it's like Jogolev Lev comes up. He's in the, like the bus. The kid lets go. There's like a big, you know, uh, sandstorm thing that blows him over. Like so, they're mm-hmm. all kind of spaced out. And we know that like the blunderbuss doesn't shoot very far. So he's not going to be able to shoot Bruce Willis, but Bruce Willis gun does. And like, they're all kind of staged out with Emily Blunt in between. I just love how it's like, there's no other choice. Like Joe Goleb basically has to make that choice right in the moment. And uh, I'd said earlier, they both of Joe's they're kind of like selfish characters overall, but in the end, he's trying to help her and he's been trying to get out of it himself the whole time. They kept telling her that, but in the end he obviously sacrifices himself as a young man, to get rid yeah. of the entire situation. But, uh, it just plays out again. It doesn't feel like forced, but then it all plays out in such a, a way. You're like, wow, this, this is the only way it could have happened. Yeah. And, uh, it just feels like masterful writing and directing to me again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way it just happens and he just does it, it's just like, maybe, maybe the kid has a shot. Maybe not though. Yeah. I don't know, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it just changes, changes the future. It's interesting how it, how it all kind of comes out that way, how the loop yeah. closes. And then the the whole noir aspect of it all. There's a it's like you have a um, like the classic noir. You've got a detective that's an alcoholic or whatever. He's trying to solve a crime. Uh, this is like in that vein of of uh, like our, our our lead character in the the young Joe. He's a, a drug addict. You know he can't stop dropping. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he has to come clean on the farm. Uh, Sarah helps him through that. And eventually he like gets his wits about him and he's able to think clearly. Like, that would not have been the the outcome of that scenario mm. if he wasn't like sober at that point, you know. Right. That's a good he point. Had, had spent the time with Sid to get to know him and bond with him and whatnot. Um yeah, I just They're they're just, like, layers, man, like Mm -hmm. peeling back a glass onion, Steven. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Get your knives out. We're going to cut right through this (laughs) fucking uh, vegetable? I don't know. This glass vegetable? Mm -hmm. I don't think you should eat that. Um, But, yeah, I like how it all plays out. It uh, it feels like just an amazing story. I I really enjoyed watching this one all over again. It had been a a few years for me, but I've seen this... uh, I think probably like a handful of times, five times or so since Mm -hmm. it came out. And uh, every time I've really liked it and especially watching more Ryan Johnson stuff lately, I really liked this movie. So what was your uh, opinion going back on watching this? Um, Like overall, some of the visual effects uh, I thought don't hold up so well. I thought like when they were floating, like whenever a person was floating in the air, I wasn't like that convinced. But also, it's not really that big of a deal. You know, Mm. I'm not going to harp on it too much. Um, I feel like the overall story and the characters really uh, push me through the movie in a way to where I'm I'm more than happy to let some shoddy effects here and there uh, just happen. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Right. Um, it still sells like, the story overall and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I just, I feel like every time I watch this movie, I pick up on a different aspect of of it like this watch through is where the uh the drug part of it really like set in with me it's like oh if he wasn't sober this movie would have ended entirely <laughs> yeah. differently right it's a great point yeah so it's just like uh, this movie is great for rewatches, you know mm-hmm. um but yeah like overall i feel like i i've liked this movie in the past and maybe you saw it like twice before so this would be the third time i've watched it and i liked it even more you know for different reasons so yeah, right maybe this is one of those movies that you watch it every few years and you get something brand new out of it and you just kind of like it more and more until uh, you close your own loop oh wow okay so you're planning mm-hmm. to, to time travel that's nice i'm not a uh, um, potentially a different version of me uh, okay gotcha yeah we'll see mm-hmm. yeah uh we don't know the the live on holds- air yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. Episode 400. I, I was literally going to say 400. So I guess we're locked in. That sounds great. If time travel exists in the future, that means uh-huh. episode 400, we will have our future selves. I was on the show. Uh, just talking to our friend Allison about this today. Um, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about AI art and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, AI art and artificial intelligence in general. Is kind of like a, a hot button issue for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I knew a bit about it, but not a, a whole lot. So it was interesting to hear people discuss it further and like the ramifications and whatnot. But they were talking about on this podcast I was listening to. They said that AI is getting to the point now to where as it exists currently, where you can have you type something into a a. Um, uh, like a, uh, you like type in what you want the art mm-hmm. to be, like and a it prompt. will generate, like, yeah, it'll, it'll pop up like nine different versions of amazing artwork. It's based on existing stuff that it pulls right. from, but it is like for artificial intelligence, pretty rad stuff sometimes, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how that's mind blowing now, but the next version of artificial intelligence, uh, I think we're on three, they're going on four right now um that's going to be just light years ahead of that and the podcast i was listening to they said once you're dead this podcast can continue going for millions of years into the future <laughs> like you don't know that's Like something like that could happen necessary for our show i think <laughs> Right. Yeah. so we're gonna employ so, that as soon as we can that's what i'm saying <laughs> it's like by the time we get to episode 400 it could just be a computer algorithm at oh, that my point goodness you know I kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of scared of that, but I also mm kind of like it because less editing. (laughs) Exactly, you think, right? Now you're getting it. It sells me on that alone. You know what I'm saying? The numbers have gone up, and also the prices on SoundCloud. (laughs) Oh man, I gotta stop digging into them. (laughs) They're simply running a business. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other notes about this movie in particular? Uh, no, I just I just really enjoyed it. Right what on, man. You? Uh yeah, same. I really enjoyed watching it again. I, I just really like the whole aesthetic, the whole vibe, the whole mm-hmm. time travel conceit in it. It just really works on so many levels for me. And uh I, it seems like people really like it. I think it had like a ninety-three percent Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, so it seems like it's pretty well loved. But mm-hmm. um as Ryan Johnson movies go, it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um I just really enjoy the hell out of it, so and I'm I'm excited to see more what he has i almost got to this earlier i was gonna say i we've been watching so much ryan johnson and i like so much of his stuff it it always does make me think i'm wrong about the last jedi but then i've seen it and i felt ways Mm. and it makes me feel like i need to revisit it maybe i'll like it maybe after watching other ryan johnson stuff maybe over over time it'll grow on me um but it's like interesting oh my god Mm -hmm. i need to close that loop yep well, um, so after this, after watching this time loop movie with Emily Blunt, mm-hmm. you texted me about another idea for a follow-up to this for next week's episode. Would you like to discuss that, Brent? Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, not quite a sequel, but it's a spiritual, mm. um, sibling to this movie. I like Like that. you said, uh, Emily Blunt's in it. It's a time travel movie. Kind of? It involves time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to watch Edge of Tomorrow, aka Lived I Repeat. Um, yeah. This movie baby. gets called Both Things. I saw it on sale on iTunes uh, a couple of months back. I thought, oh, I think I already owned this, but it doesn't have the little like cloud arrow thing next to it. Mm. So I tapped on it and it said that I could buy it. I was like, I could swear I own this movie. Mm. But it was like they were selling it under Lived I Repeat and in my iTunes library is. Edge of Oh, tomorrow. how interesting. It was that way. Yeah. Okay. They're trying weird. to get you both ways, you know? I know so, they kind of changed it. Yeah. But I didn't realize yeah. they like, changed it in some things. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen this movie one time. I really one liked time? it. One time? One time. What mm-hmm. about Looper? Had you only seen it once? You said like a decade no, I, ago. No, I saw it twice before. Okay. And then uh, this was the, the third the time third through. Group? Yeah. Oh, my so, God. I've seen, I've seen uh, Live, Die, Repeat like... Nine times, maybe. Nine times? Yeah. As many times as a cat has a life, Stephen Fisher has watched Edge of Tomorrow. Would I go back and kill baby Hitler? Nine. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen it a bunch. Uh, I really enjoy that movie. It also is one that kind of... Uh, not an also one. It's another one that, like, over time I really enjoyed watching like almost liked it more on rewatch than I ever did the first time. So, um, mm. it kind of grew on me. So I'm really intrigued to, to rewatch that again with you then. So that's yeah. perfect. And then, um, you also mentioned, um, mm. some manga for the, what is based on, which I still like, it has a lot of title options, but I like the title. All you need is kill. I think yeah. that thing. It sounds fucking rad. Hell um, yeah, dude! so we're going to try to read those as well before. Yes. And I'm really excited for that. Cause I, I'm so intrigued by the movie concept um, Mm -hmm. that I I know there's more stuff with it out there and I never got into it. So I'm I'm intrigued to see where it kind of came from. Yeah, I was very excited because I was like, oh, this is based on a manga. First of all, I like the movie. Uh, I'm into manga right now, so this is a nice excuse to go read that. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, pulled up the manga. I uh, started thumbing through it last night, and it says, based on a novella. And I was like, eh, sad to like, noise. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't, I'm like, I'm not going to read that. You know, I'm not one of those freaks, but I'll, I'll read the manga. It's, it's Maybe I volumes. will eventually. We'll see. But Yeah. Uh, I, I can let you know. From what I understand, the the manga is a... Uh, mostly faithful adaptation, but a key difference is that it has pictures, so mm-hmm. that helps. That's really gonna help for me. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, man. Uh, I'm very excited for all of that, though. That sounds great because mm-hmm. I find that that movie and that whole concept as well is so mm-hmm. intriguing. The way that they play with time and and how yeah. it all the whole conceit and how how it plays with the plot and the story. So yeah, yeah, that'd be oh, really yeah. great. Uh, definitely come back next week for that. Um, As always, if you'd like to contact us, the info is in the show notes. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is appreciated. And please tell your friends so more people can find us. Brent, anything else for you today, man? Uh, No. I I feel like I've said all I needed to say. Excellent. Most excellent. We'll come back next week for more time travel shenanigans when we get back into it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. So until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And let's talk Later. Let us record upon the number three. One, two, three. Do you do you ever bring out voices in public? Like, do you uh, rock, you rock your voices out in the in the public sphere at work, maybe? Uh, I. You know, I just started a new job, and I'm like slowly dipping a toe into that. You know, mm. I bring out the the country voice every once in a while, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's almost at the point where I find it easier to speak in full sentences as uh, an atypical voice than I do my own, because sometimes <laughs> I get caught up in my head like like trying to say certain mm-hmm. words, but then if it's you know uh, Brent Hickbird, uh oh, man, he right. ain't got no dang problem at all. Right, a you can just do <laughs> yeah quick sentences here and there mm-hmm. kind of helps out yeah yeah i didn't know if you'd be like comfortable with that you know if you'd, oh. if you'd rock them out or not yeah um i think it kind of catches people off guard at first mm-hmm. and then they're like hey that's real annoying can you please stop it's just <laughs> it's not it's not that kind of funeral if, at first this guy was brown but now he's just racist wait a second <laughs> i think he's turned the table on us i think he's making fun of us hey man i can be two different things, dude. <laughs> You don't even know. <laughs> when people meet you, do you think like at work? I don't know why I think, uh-huh. I'm obsessed with this. Do you think that are you like quiet at first? You seem always like you're nice, you're cool, but are mm-hmm. you kind of reserved and then and people don't know really what's below the surface? Yeah, people don't understand the insanity that's boiling just underneath my right. my uh, where my brain used to be before it fell out of my head. <laughs> um, so like I I feel like people from the outside looking in, I feel like people probably think I'm shy and I'm really mm, not. I'm, that's what I'm just I like hmm. gathering information. Yeah. I'm just trying to wade into the water because like I will be a fucking nightmare eventually, <laughs> but not upon first meeting, you know, I'm just going to try to, uh, I'll get there, you know, that's right. Yeah. What, what do, you about are, you? do you, do you wow. feel like, uh, you come on strong upon first meeting people? Well, I wondered if we were similar, and that's why I asked a, a little bit, because mm-hmm. I also feel like whenever I get in a new space like that, I, I also kind of just, I observe, I get to mm-hmm. know people. I don't think mm-hmm. people really know what to think of me at first. I, I am quieter. Uh, people have called me shy before uh, upon mm-hmm. meeting me, and then like they're like, oh, like okay, you you should get out of your shell later on. It's like, I got to know who to trust. Yeah. You know? Um, I walk into every situation just like it's fatal attraction. You know? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just walk in there with guns, guns up, you know, mm-hmm. blinders yeah. on, doing my job, doing my thing. Donald ducking it, but exactly. still no ready pants. to battle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I, yeah, I let those tail feathers fly, you know, quack, quack. Yeah. Quack, mm-hmm. quack. Damn straight. So. <laughs> you shout flying V, people get behind you, then you just crop dust that's, their asses, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's how you know uh, when you're clicking with people, but then that's mm-hmm. how you know you're, you're a boss. Because, that's right uh, yeah. you look him right in the face and you 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 just dare him to say anything back to you oh my god steven i know you don't wear graphic tees <laughs> but i would love for you to like uh walk around in a t-shirt that <laughs> said boss bitch on it mm, that would really be my my jam boss bitch steven back that's at right. it again you know you got uh oh, bedazzled man. jeans on i mm-hmm. uh uh, yesterday when we were hanging out with my my little niece Aurora she had a uh, she was rocking two different sets of uh, like a sweater and the shirt underneath and they were both frozen it was like Anna and Elsa and they had like ruffles yeah, yeah. and stuff and I we kept joking that I was like man I can you I was like aurora can I wear this do you have it my size and we had a whole thing where I was like if I was taking her to the zoo and she wanted me to dress like a princess I'd be like all right do we have it in my size let's do this and I would not think <laughs> twice I would exactly, be like, yeah uh yeah, this seems amazing. You seem like you're free as shit. You do whatever yeah. the fuck you want. So uh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rock that for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, like when you have a, a child with you, I feel like people will hopefully mm. grant you some grace on something like that. You know, right? But it's like oh, they're they're with their kid or their their niece or whatever. Um, but like when I walk around like that, I'm just like I just like Glinda the Good Witch. Okay, right. it's just your thing. Her look is fucking <laughs> fire, dude. <laughs> You tell you, me it's not. When I first met you, it was mostly T-shirts, but then you really mm-hmm. got into your Glinda phase, and yeah. it really set you free. I can tell um, that, like it, you, it, you, finally stepped into yourself. It's a real Glindaissance, is what it is. That's right. Living my my best <laughs> fairy life out here, you know, <laughs> dropping houses on uh, green ladies and just watching their legs curl up. That's Why your that favorite happen? activity. Mm-hmm. But you always blow bubbles afterwards. I always blow bubbles, you know, sometimes from the top, sometimes from the bottom, you know. (laughs) That's the thing about your Glinda costume is that it's bubbles from the bottom, bubbles from the top. You haven't found one big enough to step into yet, but you're working on it. I mean, you know, sometimes me as Glinda, sometimes I'm going to come across some gently used chili. Then, you know, I got to try it. See what happens. You you know, just imagine you, uh, you find that chili magical chili sold on Mm -hmm. the side of a road by uh by some sort of wizard you know and you think finally this might make the bubble you need to get into and it does man you fart that biggest bubble Mm -hmm. bigger than your body and you're able to step inside and you you die Mm -hmm. methane poisoning (laughs) immediately my skin just combusts into flame i self-immolate inside of a fart bubble Uh, what a way to go you died doing what you loved absolutely you know so wow fantastic well on that note um i wanted to bring up pop tarts today of course um (laughs) natural transition (laughs) it's like sometimes you just go along with it and sometimes you're like i did have something for this you know this episode though but uh one two three triple deke i think it's like last week we uh briefly discussed pop tarts i think i brought them up to you and, and i was surprised if i remember correctly that you you like a good pop tart is that correct I do. I like a good pop tart. I like a bad pop tart oh, okay. sometimes. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh baby, dude. yeah, yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of what makes it good? What makes it bad? What kind of flavors are you rocking? Uh, whips and chains. Oh, okay. Mm. Like that Rihanna song. <laughs> uh, no, I'm you know I'm Rihanna's brand pop tarts. It's <laughs> right, like I yeah. have the Cardi B McDonald's meal right now. It's like Rihanna's mm. pop tarts. She's fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this pop tart is pregnant (laughs) and playing the super bowl okay okay interesting i mean you didn't have to you could have just waited Mm -hmm. you're a big star they'll invite you back but all right get out there on those heels i don't know i know man that's it makes it all all the more impressive though yeah i know that's what what i'm saying it's like god damn she's just makes me feel more inadequate as a person exactly that's the problem that's why you're complaining about her yeah yeah I was like watching that, sitting on a couch. <laughs> Why is she up there, done pregnant? <laughs> well, I don't know what this character is, Stephen, but yes, <laughs> he needs to stay around. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Fish Ooh, Stephen Fish Fry. Oh, Stephen Fish Fry. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What was your yeah. What was yours earlier? Uh, Brett Hickbird. Hick Hickbird. Hick, Hick Bird. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like this. Okay. Um, Um, But yes, I I do like uh, Pop-Tarts. I'm not a picky eater, so all are welcome in my guts. You know, I will say that it's psychotic that they make unfrosted Pop-Tarts. Oh, Uh, that's a good. Yes. That freaks me out. It's it's honestly it's disgusting. Right. I remember (laughs) going to my friend Ross's house uh, when I was younger. We were like in high school, so we were like driving age or whatever, and Uh, I would go to his house after school. A bunch of us would. And we'd just like hang out there until I had to go to work. And uh, his parents had a pretty solid snack pantry. Oh, yeah. But like upon like looking through there, I came across the unfrosted Pop-Tarts. I remember like taking the box out to him and being like, What the hell is this? And he was like, "I know." (laughs) He he starts crying. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't even know they made those. Yeah. Is it healthier? Come on now. We're not fooling anybody here, guys. Yeah. What are we? If you're gonna, if you're gonna do a pop tart, do it full speed. Do half speed is how you get hurt. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you got to be careful. Um, They're slippery like bananas. So yeah, got to watch out for that. I, uh, I, we had talked about them. I hadn't had a Pop-Tart in a long time, but I love them. And so I was like, I'm going to get some. And I looked and they had a variety pack. That's why I was asking about flavors because I got, uh, I got strawberry iced, Mm -hmm. which is my favorite. That's my, that's my go-to usually. Oh, okay. But then it had brown sugar. Or brown sugar oh, cinnamon, like, oh yeah. God, yes. Which I was like, oh, yes. that's perfect. That's yes, yeah. King. <laughs> yes. The third one of the package was cherry. Now I'm oh, not I usually much of a, a fake cherry. F- I'm not, I'm not much of a cherry guy in general. I I am mm. a, a, che- a fake cherry guy. If I do it, actually, it's mostly like candies. But I was afraid this one would be more like a candy and maybe too sweet or whatever. But it was it was actually kind of similar to its Strawberry. I'm not saying there's actual fruit in any of this. Okay, no, of course so not. So they just it's they're America, red. They're red sauces fruit flavor <laughs> yeah. whatever that mm-hmm. may be uh and it also was iced so that helped but uh it was still my least favorite the other two uh, i've been rocking the whole time and then i i wanted to ask you about this again though because I, I i got them in the pantry and i i usually go grocery shopping i put the stuff up and then when amanda gets home i'll be like hey i brought you this i got you this and i was like hey i got these pop-tarts britain now we're talking about pop-tarts mm-hmm. and she was like i remember the look at her face she just looked at me and she's like uh-huh uh-huh she's <clears> let me finish <throat> talking, uh huh." And I was like, yeah, so there's Pop-Tarts in there if you want them. And she said, you do remember that I hate Pop-Tarts, right? <laughs> and I I remember looking around and as slowly as it dawned on me that I did know that. And I was like, I, I forgot, you know, <laughs> this is uh, like Tony Stark and Iron Man, too, exactly. when he gets uh, strawberries for uh, for pepper. pepper and she's and like, like you know one the Fuji's one thing? allergic to? <laughs> yeah i feel like that all the time where he's like once you solidify good or bad uh like my wife doesn't really like foil the sound of it the, the texture of it like kind of creeps her out and oh, so okay. uh i my mom <laughs> years and years ago for whatever reason i don't know if we ran out of bags or whatever she just started wrapping my sandwiches in foil like for school or whatever and so like i've mm-hmm. done that before I've it's whatever and one day like i was making sandwiches for amanda for her lunch and i was just like i'm gonna pack it in foil today and then oh, it was no. later that day that i was like i it dawned on me when she got home i was like i did that because i remembered something about you and foil but it was and she was like <laughs> i had to get someone at work to open it for me steven i couldn't oh my open my sandwich i I, opened yeah. it. I was like what the fuck is this about Yeah, I've done that before where I'm like, for whatever reason, even though it's like the bad thing, it's like I associate that with a person and then I I do that. So, yeah, I bought her a bouquet of Pop-Tarts, not her favorite, (laughs) which are wrapped in foil, which are wrapped in foil. (laughs) Fuck, man, I really did that. She's like, I don't eat those specifically because they're wrapped in foil. (laughs) Damn. Never had one. Never will. (laughs) Fuck, I really fucked that one up. Um, (laughs) I, I would say that like as as the basic flavors go. Cherry is my go to. Oh, so there you um, go. You know, when they have the like basic fruit flavors, um, right. strawberry, I'm kind of like iffy on. Mm, um, interesting. It's just kind of like, it, it's like just there. You know, it seems like an introductory version of a thing. Gotcha. Uh, but but the right, cherry I one I, I love uh, so much. So, um, you know, obviously, next time you're in town, yeah we'll buy a variety pack we'll just fucking live it up dude. we're gonna live it up with a, that sounds awesome we'll we'll uh fire some foil into the air like we're skeet shooting oh you man know. then we can skeet shoot on it and then we can skeet <laughs> shoot with it yeah <laughs> we'll rustle up some change go buy some guns you know oh yeah that'd be great but, we'll have a great time we, between yeah the distance between texas and oklahoma we mm-hmm. got a lot of guns in our path uh, i'm sure i can 100 i'm sure i might run one over they're like roadkill here you just kind of find them on the side of the road it's like a porno mag, you know <laughs> right, yeah. in middle school I, I can't tell you how many times i've taken the handle uh off of the the gas pump mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and instead it. of a, a gas pump uh handle it's a dagum gun oh my goodness another gun here we go yeah some people just don't know what to put back in the holster after they're done ah. shooting the skeets it gets confusing. I'll be, you know, obviously, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. But Oh, man, I, I'm really sad for Buford, though, when he gets home and realizes he has the handle of that gas tank or that, you know, <laughs> and he's going to go to shoot someone, mm-hmm. you know, and he's not, not going to be able to do it. He's not really going to be able to do anything. That, he's just going to go, the bang, poor bang. dipshit. He, he's got just like a uh <laughs> that pump nozzle in his... <laughs> yeah uh holster right it has this long heavy ass tube dragging (laughs) behind him the whole time doesn't even know you know he's got a bum leg anyway he wouldn't the drag he never noticed yeah Yeah. um and when all you have is screen doors Mm -hmm. you know nothing really can get caught in there so he just didn't he didn't notice the whole week that he had it on Mm -hmm. his holster that way actually he just thought he 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 thought he grew a tail again something that we all have to deal with at a a certain point in our lives, you know? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, Steven, I, I, I do have a few years on you. Yeah. Uh, so I will say, once you hit a certain age that begins with a four, ends in a zero, oh. uh, you gotta worry about a prehensile tail. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. a, It's almost exciting, but at the same time, it's like, I, I'm pretty used to my underwear, and I don't have to cut any holes in it. Well, I mean, you, you do have to start taking some serums leading up to it. So once you, once you turn 39, get okay. back with me. I'll, I'll kind of walk you through that process. But, you know, it's a it, it is going to ruin a lot of pants. It's a, a butt lot. process. Oh, yeah. It's a, butt pro- a whole butt process. Oh, good gracious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my head, it's like you need a friend to help you out because the tail's stuck inside. You got to pop it out. Mm-hmm. But you got to go in the closest way. Mhm. It's like uh ripping a tooth out of your head by tying a string <laughs> to a doorknob, oh, you know? Okay. You it's like it one it. of those things. Yeah. <laughs> you tie it to your tailbone and pull your tail out. <laughs> is this so, a new TikTok trend? Uh, I wouldn't know. I don't have TikTok. Mm. I think this but, is going around. I mean, I it, once you turn 40, uh, right. uh we might have to get an account. I I I think uh I think that might finally get me there. Mm-hmm. You know, i avoided it up until this point, but uh for the for the TikTok uh, tail pulling challenge, <laughs> yeah. I think I might find the join. <laughs> we would rip your tail out, punch you in the face, and throw ice water on you. Yeah, I'm like, what's the ice water? It's just to wake yeah. you back up. After <laughs> you, you pass out from the pulling on the tail, uh, it's it's intense. It is uh, now going back to pop tarts. Again, a, a beautiful transition. Uh, so, do you prefer to eat them toasted or just out, straight out of the package? Straight out the package. Never got into Perfect. toasting them. Yeah, I think that was the R- right. Never, never, never got wow. into it. I think I might have had one ever, and I was like, it's okay, but I don't need it because <laughs> they're not they're not a toaster strudel. All right, that's like a different right. beast. If I wanted like a real pastry, I'm not fooling myself by throwing it in a toaster and being like, "Oh, this is, this is a nice warm pastry." Now I'm still like, Mm -hmm. "No, this is, this is processed cardboard." I just happen to like it because it has some icing on it and some fruit flavors, or maybe brown sugar, cinnamon. So, what about you, Mm -hmm. though? You toaster? um i like to alternate you know when i was okay. uh stuck at home uh from my injury my wife had bought some pop tarts so i would treat myself by oh, yeah. getting out the toaster and <laughs> toasting a thing that's <laughs> meant to be toasted i was like man I'm, i can't believe i'm getting away with this you right know? right you're uh, cooking man i was getting, you know you're i'm kind a of a job. chef right a little bit a little bit um so i mean i I like them both ways, I mm-hmm. guess. But I feel like as a to-go, like breakfast or snack food or mm-hmm. whatever, just grab one and just eat it in the car on the way to jail. Or wherever <laughs> it is you go. <laughs> well, you are a prison guard. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, yeah. on the way to work, sure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, then uh, stuff the used foil into your coworker's <laughs> locker and just like let them just like think that what uh, uh, they're just their their locker is filled with ghostly foil packages oh my goodness the mm-hmm. the foil ghost of uh, uh punks atony jam where you work <laughs> Punxs- absolutely yeah, yeah. Punk Tony oklahoma don't ask me about phil <laughs> do not ask me about <laughs> phil he's kind of a dick that's all i'm gonna oh say about god. it oh my god i'm d- i don't know i'm just just search him on tmz that's all i'm saying uh I'm I'm just saying, if you happen to go Google mm-hmm. Ponxatoni Pop Tarts, you'll find mm-hmm. some disturbing images involving Phil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brent has seen them. Mm-hmm. I've seen them in person. Oh. I was the photographer. Brent. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. A lot of people don't, you know? You but... were right out. You saw the orifice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or face. Or ass, oh, all of it, yeah, <laughs> just all of it. Reed Oro was there. It was insane. Or Ride of potatoes. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> the guy, the guy who runs the Orogel uh, factory, he was there. It was, it was it was not good it was a confluence of events that oh uh, didn't goodness. work out for anyone any person involved i'd like to apologize if you you probably heard me crying profusely <laughs> yeah. off off I mean, it was heartbreaking here in the images oh it's just heartbreaking mhm wow when you think yeah. about it it's not funny at all <laughs> not it's even not- a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> just having all those specifics <laughs> Just why were they all there? You know, I I don't know. I this don't is know. Crazy, like Rita Ora. Like, how did she even yeah. get there? You know, I was like, wait, a bus? I, I think I know you. Are you Katy Perry? She was like, no. I was like, oh okay, maybe. Wait, who is you? And we it was a whole discussion. You know? Right. That's yeah. how that's how you knew who it was exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you this story would have been like Katy Perry was there. That was an odd one, but I don't know. Yeah. And Rita Ora yeah. like, God damn it, I'm part of this conspiracy <laughs> too. <laughs> Oh man! Wow. Um, uh, was there a sync word amongst all that? Uh, you had mentioned butt processing. Oh well, perfect. I think let that's me just definitely look at my list. Real quick, we have not used butt processing. Okay, if yet, we haven't used it, so... then we can use it this time. But that's the rule. That Sounds good. That that's a pact we've made with the devil. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all he asked for. It's weird. I know. It was strange. He was like, honestly, you guys don't even have souls, so mm-hmm. just fucking do me a solid you know easy peasy and we did we we're like and okay it actually worked out okay i he's liked a- his tie he's <laughs> a sharp dresser seems like a swell fella you know yeah that's a, i he bought us drinks that night it was nice it was great you So know? whatever i mean yeah. like you hear bad things about people but then you just gotta meet them sometimes have listener have you ever been shit faced off oduels before come on it's insane it's insane you don't think you can get drunk without alcohol but you can with that guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a name off. like Satan, it's gotta be good. <laughs> oh <Anyways. tools>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so butt processing <clears throat> to sync on okay. three. One, two, three. Butt, butt processing. processing. Oh. It was a sad toot. Well, the process is going well. So it was sad because everything, all the poop's gone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. You ever, you know, like a fart? It's basically just, it's just lamenting the poop is gone. That's just your butt's gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And then like sometimes it's also like, hey, there's too much poop in here. <laughs> sometimes yeah, it is like, hey, buddy. hmm I'm holding. I'm like Spider-Man holding at that fucking drain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, the fart l- lamentation is strong, you know? L P A S.